I'm really light today. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Six Pixels Under podcast. This is episode 19. I am your host, uh, Nurse Lyrica, of course. And um, on this week's podcast, we were going to talk a little bit about Nintendo and Metroid Prime. There's been some news about that. Americans have spent $43 billion on just physical games in 2018, apparently. Resident Evil 2, as we mentioned last week, is uh, the second best Capcom uh, selling Steam game. We'll also talk about Facebook duping kids who are playing and buying games or purchasing games on their phones and such, as well as uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 came out and um, Pillars of Eternity 2 decided to go turn-based. We will also talk about, uh, during the MMOs on the go segment, our, our uh, uh, MMO segment, that uh, Celia, the game that we mentioned last week, is launching... I believe to be, or, sorry, launching as a buy to play sometime this year. Uh, Swotor has a petition to ask for uh, more funding. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that tongue in cheek, but Chronicles of Valyria apparently has screwed backers, according to reports on the MMORPG subreddit. And then, of course, uh, the last bit that I wanted to get to was Ragnarok Online 2. Unfortunately, is ceasing development and entering maintenance mode. So. All right. So, as always, um, we're going to start with our current gaming news segment. Let me change my little image on screen because we're doing it live. Do I look really bright to you guys or is it just my lips, my lips look pink? The contrast is like too turned up. Uh, thanks for that, uh, host, Brawley. I appreciate that for, for hosts. Okay. So, the uh, Marvel Heroes video, I would have liked it to be out already. I like to do the podcast when I already have it out, um, but obviously. Um, it's not done yet, but it should be done today. So, look forward to that Death of a Game on Marvel Heroes uh, out later today. Hopefully, please don't um, uh, hold that against me if it's not up. Looks like it's coming out tonight, all right? I look on the brighter side today. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Oh, sorry. Did I? Um, oh, yeah. No, I didn't update that. I appreciate that. Cutthroat granny. <laughs> okay, so the first thing we'll talk about on the podcast today is something I'm not going to go into too crazy, but it's... um. So it's the story of Metroid Prime 4. If everybody remembers earlier in the year... Uh, Nintendo had advertised Metroid Prime 4. It was like a big hype reveal um, to come out on the Switch. Nintendo came out with a recent update talking about uh, the game itself and its uh, development status. And apparently, as it uh, explains here as well, it had halted and was be or sorry, it had halted and was going to begin again under Retro Studios, the United States. Uh, base developer of the original Metroid Prime games. So apparently something happened with production, with development. They had to switch hands for whatever reason, completely start over the project. But they were completely honest with it, completely upfront with it. This is how you talk to your audience. Nintendo has been doing good as of late, and Metroid Prime 4 and this whole announcement of it, this is like a perfect example of how you speak to your audience, be honest with them, treat them like adults so you're not just treating them like little kids necessarily where it's like they don't have any agency or you don't necessarily worry about their 
needs or desires, especially when they're there, in this case, your customers. Um, so it's good to see, I think, uh, a big company, big corporation still, in some ways, being a little bit more tactful and um, socially aware, even, I would say. Uh, I, I updated it. It should be updated, guys, if you're talking about the misspelling. But, uh, yeah, not, not much more to say about that. I just think it's a cool gesture. Um, and I think it's uh, effective as well. Because it communicates to your audience what you're trying to do, um, what you're trying to create, and that you ultimately care about them. Like, you're not just trying to screw them over and promise them a, a fake bag of goods that you don't deliver on. All right, the next topic I wanted to jump into was as kind of the title spoke about. Apparently, there was an article, and it only talks about physical copies, so please know that this number is going to be much higher. But apparently, Americans in 2018 spent over $43 billion on video games all of last year. That's insane. According to uh, the MPD group, that's an 18% increase over 2017. Yeah, that's a lot of video games. And of course, I mean, for us who live on the internet, which is most of us watching right now, um, we're quite used to this, right? We knew the internet, obviously, it's taking over. Um, more specifically, gaming is taking over now, especially as the number one source of entertainment. And uh, I mean, these numbers just kind of obviously are proving that year after year, we've seen projected growth increase for video games. We've seen projected growth for esports also increase in, in, in turn. It looks like um, anytime soon, it's not going to be slowing down. But I do wonder where and if we will ever reach some sort of metaphorical wall or, or bust some sort of bubble. I mean, we have had a couple bubbles burst. I mean, look at the MMO bubble. That was definitely a bubble. And that thing burst, you know, to all hell. And now look at the market. It's basically a fraction of what it was before in terms of size, in terms of um, <clears throat> notoriety popularity, you know, whatever metric you can think of to possibly measure by. Yeah, I rock back and forth so much because um, I've been doing that my whole life. So sorry <laughs> if it bothers you, but I'm not going to just stop doing it because somebody doesn't like it. Um, Resident Evil 2 is something else we can um, talk about about briefly. We mentioned last week it was on, uh, it was basically projected to be the best selling Capcom game more specifically best-selling Resident Evil Capcom game. <clears throat> I'm trying to look at the stats right now to make sure it's number one. Okay, so apparently, so here's some stats. I'll just put these on screen so you guys can check them. According to the Steam game's uh, own stats, Resident Evil reached a concurrent player peak of 55,000, making it the ninth most played game on the platform last night, which is obviously pretty impressive. Um, let's see. Uh, where are the launch numbers? It took just a few hours to become one of Capcom's most played Steam games ever. It's, it's interesting. Apparently, it's also going to get a Netflix series, which was here in the mentions. But uh, no, this, this, is, um, this is impressive. I think this could be a good precedent. And it's also good, obviously, to see Capcom has learned that if you're going to retread over previously treaded territory, you better do it right. <laughs> like... 
if there's one thing about nerds in general is they're pretty unforgiving whenever people try and do remakes um but gamers i think are to the next level if we if we play something that's considered a remake um it better be a remake and not a remaster like we've we've gotten smart enough to where most of us know what the difference between a remaster and a remake is and so when we've seen so many remasters out there and kind of flood the market i think it's unfortunately given remakes kind of a bad name because they're often seen as like the same you know concept uh money cash grab or whatever else remakes also rub loyalists the wrong way because they in in some ways tamper with the original feel and atmosphere of the game uh perfect examples of this are there are skyrim mods that are looking to remake morrowinds um the problem with these mods are that they use obviously an updated engine uh of the creation engine and an updated engine just in general so it's like you can play the same storyline like the same like word for word story in the same uh, you know path by path quest but it won't be played the same way it won't look the same way it won't feel the same way so remakes for some people um it kind of rubs them the wrong way but the other side of the coin is that a remake is an opportunity for somebody who possibly doesn't get many opportunities to play old school games that they've heard great things about for example, um, Resident Evil 2. Someone might say that that's possibly one of the best zombie games of all time. Um, so maybe they'd want an opportunity to go back and play that game. And I think that's cool because here kids will get that opportunity with Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh, uh, sorry. Um, remaster remake. You guys know what I'm saying. I just read remaster again here. Even these, uh, this thread itself confuses me because I've seen remaster and remake in the same... I could have sworn I've seen it in the same... Yeah, right here. It says right there. Dude. This is part of the problem, okay? Journalism, we are part of the problem. But... Okay, so... Al, uh, Ali Jones here says... Check it out. Ali Jones says, in the very beginning, says... They had a remake of one and zero. Yeah, I remember the zero one, which I believe was got or was that was that the Silent Hill remake that did really poorly? I know one, of, or it was like just a remaster, but they called it a remake. Anyway, th I was pointing out that this thread's a little bit annoying because he describes it as a remaster in the first sentence, and then ends it by saying remakes. So, what I'm saying is like this is part of the problem: is everyone interchangeably using the names. <laughs> It's um, not the same thing. Like, I don't think we should be calling remaster and remakes the same thing. It's simple. Is it the same engine? Yes, but, but with updated like physics and updated maybe I don't know, edges and shading. Yeah, okay, it's probably a remaster. But if it's built from the ground up with a different engine, you know, it's a remake. If you're recreating the storyline, it's a remake. Yeah, straight up broken. Sorry, the Silent Hill remasters, which sucks because Silent Hill 1 was one of my first and scariest, uh, uh, you know, Silent Hill, but also just gaming experiences. And when I heard that those um, remakes, remasters, whatever you want, those are probably more like reskins than either of those two. That sucks. Yeah, it was made by Konami, unfortunately. <laughs> good, uh, Good observation. All right. Um, 
there's been some Facebook story that uh, we don't typically talk too much about Facebook here because obviously we talk mainly about gaming. But um, they're actually in the news in the world of gaming recently because um, apparently some documents came out where Facebook pretty much knew that they were duping kids who were playing games and then spending money, of course, their parents' money. Now, this is something I've mentioned and highlighted before. I made a video about microtransactions called Microtransactions. Um, what was that video? Um, man, you know it's bad when you can't even remember your own videos. I got to go look up uh, what the name of that video is. Because it's still oddly relevant even today. I don't have to make a new one. Microtransactions and the pay-to-win set. Um, but we've already talked about Facebook doing this stuff before. We talked about how they had to change the free to get because of all the lawsuits that they got over that because kids getting free things and spending lots of money on them, adding their credit, uh, their parents' credit cards, etc. So as the article explains, there's more than 135 pages of unsealed documents which include internal Facebook memos, secret strategies, employee emails, and paint a troubling picture of how the social media giant conducted business. Check this out. Facebook encouraged its game developers to let children spend money without their parents' permission, something the social media giant called friendly fraud in an effort to maximize revenues, according to a document detailing the company's game strategy. <laughs> Sometimes the children did not even know they were spending money. By the way, true. I've, I've, I've heard this in many uh, eyewitness like anecdotal experiences, but I've also, um, whenever I've studied this and, and the studies that, you know, have been conducted concerning the rampant spending that these children are doing. Oftentimes they don't know that they're even spending money or obviously don't have a frame of reference for what spending money even is. In some cases, Facebook employees knew this. Their own reports show that underage users did not realize their parents' credit cards were connected to their Facebook accounts and they were spending real money in the games, according to the undocumented. <laughs> uh, for years, the company ignored warnings from its own employees that it was bamboozling children. A team of Facebook employees even developed a method that would reduce the problem of children being hoodwinked into spending money. But the company did not implement it. Instead, it told game developers that the social media giant was focusing on maximizing revenues. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing, but this isn't that funny, right? I've seen more and more bad stuff concerning Facebook, honestly, to the point to where... I think it's about time I delete my own. <laughs> or at least not even just go to that website anymore. Because um, it's weird to talk about Facebook on a <clears throat> gaming podcast. But they're just so inexplicably related at this point. Because they dominate the mobile market. They dominate the web market. Of course, um, King is owned by... Uh, I believe King is owned by Disney. Or no, sorry, not Disney. But EA that owns King. Who owns King? But King obviously operates um, uh, through the help and assistance of Facebook, as Facebook, of course, has apps and games as well on it, not to mention it sells ad space, of course. Um, so all this stuff's kind of connected. Activision, thanks, Lumpus. Activision owns King. Of course, Activision owns King. <laughs> but um, there's a, an apparently a particular crazy story where one 15-year-old kid racked up $6,500 in charges and about two weeks of playing games on Facebook. The company denied the request for uh, refunds. 
Facebook employees refer to these children as whales. Or sorry, children as whales. Oh, man. Uh, look at that. District court had to open up the documents. They looked at everything. Yeah, this doesn't look good, but this sucks because um if you if you if you scroll down a little bit more, you find out that it it's very much related to gaming. So it says if devs are really concerned about the CVs and not refunds, it could make sense to start refunding for blatant FF minor. Devs meaning game developers. Wow, I uh, appreciate that. And CVs meaning chargebacks, okay. FF minor was Facebook's term for friendly fraud involving a minor. Stewart was deeply involved in Facebook's efforts to increase its game's revenue. A couple of months earlier, she had launched a project to help Facebook reduce chargebacks from the credit card companies who were forcing the social media giant to return money by sp spent by children on games after hearing from outraged parents who said they were duped. That was nice of her. Apparently, it says um, the problem seemed especially bad with Petville, Happy Aquarium, Wild Ones, Barn Buddy, and any ninja game. <laughs> ninja games have a lot of microtransactions. I wonder why. Are you paying for stars or something? Okay, so it, it asks the kid to re-enter the six or the first six digits of the credit card number. Apparently, that helped. Fixing the problem would have hurt revenue, of course, as we can all possibly uh, assume just based on the implications here. <laughs> all right. Friendly fraud. I mean, it's funny because we've, we've been talking about this for some time now, but we also just talked about it more so recently. And I kept trying to tell people that you can't necessarily just trust companies just because and then and also just support them because they're just trying to make a buck, which is like okay morally, supposedly, to some people. But uh, clearly they're willing to step on a bunch of people's toes, uh, ch take advantage of children, right, children, and take advantage of unsuspecting parents and their credit cards. Um, and they somehow found their way into gaming. All of those same mobile games, those annoying farm games and whatever else, of course, found a, uh, a home on Facebook and that's probably where they get a good portion of their audience and, and revenue as well. So put it this way, Facebook has knowingly been in cahoots like with this stuff. They're not stupid. It's too much money. Like there's, there's like a famous saying, follow the money. You follow the money and it's, it's, it's always going somewhere. And it's like all this money that companies like King and these other huge tech companies are, or, or, mobile software companies are making you're talking hundreds of millions in a month like let's just look this up as an example uh, monthly mobile revenue <clears throat> all right here we go this is app revenue i kind of was hoping for it video gamies Oh my god. Global in-app purchase revenues from 2011 to 2000 
uh, 17 in the millions of US dollars. That's insane. Billion, billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. Global mobile app revenue by platform. Thirty-four billion. What? And also, they. Why are people so terrible at making um charts? It's not that difficult. But this guy also makes a mistake in his shit. He says millions, and then they put billions on the side. So what is it? Is it millions or billions? I'm going to assume it's millions. It says millions. Hey. Thanks. Just like people just say money, guy. you know, just shooting people, cracking it's wise. zillions. Uh, thanks for the sub or resub actually for five months in a row. Dynamics, I appreciate it. Also, missed someone earlier, probably was Goosey. Um, did I miss? Oh, there's free DLC coming in February for RE2 as well. MGPT, thanks for letting me know about that for those who also didn't know. Good to know. Might have to look into um, getting that game and playing it on stream. Oh, uh, Goosey B, thank you for the bid donation. Sorry, I was a little bit behind on that. You guys can't tell. <laughs> Not as much energy today. Yesterday was like a completely full day. But um, yeah, let's. We've talked enough about Facebook. Facebook. Um, stay out of gaming, please. All you've done is pretty much made it worse for us. <laughs> okay. So I just wanted to briefly talk about Kingdom Hearts 3. It recently came out a couple of days ago. Um, kind of wondering what the general consensus is from everyone here. If anyone's played it. If anyone's interested in it. It obviously looks like it's scoring pretty, like, I would say pretty well. For, for a typical title. Yeah. Looks like it's scoring within its range. If it's averaged around here, ah, it's actually, so technically it's actually the best scoring game then on uh, PS4, I mean. Hmm. Well, then I wonder if it's, if it is going to be as good as people are saying it is. Uh, Jim released a video calling out uh, Kingdom Hearts' as a story. I'll have to watch that. <laughs> that that'll be interesting. Nothing? Nobody has anything to say about it? I don't have much to say. I haven't even had a chance to play these games. Never could get into the Kingdom Hearts games when I was younger just because I, I liked Final Fantasy more. Alright, and I think I had one last little section I wanted to talk about. Not entirely long. Just simply because it's just like... Pillars of Eternity 2 recently decided to um, go turn-based eight months after their launch. Um, I, you know what? I don't know what to think about this one. I think people were happy, mostly, because it means that the combat... Well, first off, the combat in Pillars of Eternity 2 was worse than Tyranny, and it came out after. It's pretty standard, fair, fair CRPG, boring combat. Um... And definitely nothing close to like what Divinity is able to accomplish. 
that being said, going turn-based could solve many of these issues because it won't really try and be a CRPG in the same typical way um, of allowing you to just walk around and fight like a like an ARPG more so, or just a typical RPG. It's going to just lock you into a turn-based uh, system, which is basically trying to go for what Divinity is going for. Maybe it's trying to capitalize off of that to some extent. A um, little bit of runoff, so to say. Uh, maybe it's also a combination of if if pillars can pull off turn base, then it could, of course, as I mentioned, uh, solve their previous issues of the combat not being properly, I guess I would say, paced would be the correct way to put it. Um, melee, melee just doesn't feel fun in pillars. Melee feels, ironically, more fun when you give it a turn because it's like, you don't have as many opportunities to feel that it's not so good, but that's just kind of my <laughs> a theory about it. I'd say we go ahead and um, move to the MMOs on the go segment, though. You can pick turn-based or action when you start the game. That's cool. I'm glad that they give you the option, though I don't really see a whole lot of reason to pick action unless you just don't like turn-based games, period. Um, but eh, I guess we'll see. <laughs> they, they got that Windows money now. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to put it. All right, I'll move ahead to the MMOs on the Go segment. Um, there's not a whole lot of MMO stuff to talk about today, which is kind of different. I feel like we usually have a lot more to talk about. Uh, Chronicles of Illyria, apparently, is um, having some more issues with their uh, handling of their backers. I'm going ahead and I'm going to go ahead and put this on the screen. Slow MMO news. <laughs> Well, it's been slow MMO news for a minute. I guess I just mean we always have things to talk about in the in the realm of the MMO. All right. So I saw this on uh, the Reddit, and I kind of wanted to look into it a bit. But apparently, uh, one of the developers said that in Discord, only Alpha 1 will get access. When he pledged, he was told by the devs that Alpha 1 would be walk and talk, and Alpha 2 would have more game mechanics. And then he was told point five would be beta 1. Now they are screwing over Alpha 2, this guy says. And above, as they did not want to start Alpha 1 with only walk and talk. They are now basically cheating everyone how... Okay, sorry. I don't think English is his first language. But he's, I think he's trying to say they're cheating everyone that, that pledged to be a part of the testing phases. And, and they want what they were promised, is what he's trying to say. What a bunch of lying a-holes they turned out to be. It's good they are making progress, but they are screwing everyone over. Interesting. Yeah, this sucks, man. It it does sound like they were essentially given an incorrect bit of data. They were told that only Alpha 1 is going to get access. And Alpha 2 is going to have more of the game mechanics. And now apparently they aren't going to do the Alpha 1 period. And they're only going to do the Alpha 2. Which, although they could have a, a good reasoning for that, clearly and very obviously is going to piss off those who specifically bought packs that had Alpha 1 access instead of Alpha 2 access, naturally. I don't know if this is like um, the most egregious thing. They could have a very good reason to not want to do two Alphas. 
or two alpha cycles. That being said, um, they're going to have to take the justified pie on the face for this and hopefully repeated pieing um, by the rest of their community, who's possibly, hopefully, going to make them at least admit to a few things or be accountable. That's all I, that's all I truly want, is in this case, with Chron- Chronicles of Valyria, you just want the devs to be, to be transparent and, and not... And, and you don't want the audience, especially in a Kickstarter game, a game that hasn't even come out yet, you don't want people to lose faith in you. So I, I just think it's much better to just be open and honest with this stuff instead of trying to ninja change things. Like a Discord post from, you know, some community moderator or whatever this guy is, like probably some community moderator. I don't know the guy. Um, where it just like, it's almost like it haphazardly, like off off uh, chance, off cuff, just mentions that the Alpha 1 access is going to be different than, you know, whatever the guy is, is postulating, that the Alpha 2 access is not equivalent, etc. Seems, if I'm understanding the premise here, that that is a little bit more misleading. And, I mean... <sighs> I, I Sorry, I don't know if you guys are reading this, but this guy says, I can't recall the last positive post I've seen about Chronicles of Illyria from the screenshot. Unfortunately, without a bridge between Discord and CEOE's website, there's no way to grant permission to 2,500 people in an automated fashion. I don't even need to program full-time to tell you not being able to grant permission to 2,500 people in some automated fashion. Seriously? They couldn't figure out how to do that. Yeah. Um, this is probably a good reason why I've less and less started to talk about Chronicles of Illyria. It just, um, it, it screams, it screams, um, I, I don't want to say that word. That might be pushing it a little bit too far, but it screams they're learning on the job. And although every MMO development is learning on the job, essentially, because it's just this unprecedented did like market especially if you don't have experience with it but in this case it just seems like they're learning on the job with everyone else's money which is uh obviously it's not the same you can learn on the job when it's your ass on the line but in this case a bunch of people who backed chronicles of Illyria, i mean what are they up to now their money's on the line right Support is that it? No, that's probably support for some store. Okay, so total uh, raised by Chronicles of Illyria so far is five point six million. Five point six million, not bad for a smaller company, one who's working on a um, a unique IP, their own IP. But five million dollars. And it's just report after report with Chronicles of Illyria. It's like we look at their gameplay and all of a sudden they're making some like parkour demo or something. Do you guys remember that? Was that the only one that was like weirded out about that? I saw that people thought it was cool, but I felt like I was the only one that was just weirded out by it. Like why? I guess. That that was what I was thinking whenever I was like watching this like obstacle course thing. 
just thinking to myself, like, what's the point in doing all of this? It just like when you look at like this pre-alpha footage, it just looks way too early to ever know possibly by watching this what to expect. And that's why I kind of don't understand these early like gameplay videos. Like sh- sure, getting the early scoop is always going to be effective and a good means of getting interest in your channel and in your videos, so I'm not holding that against them. But it's just like so many of these Kickstarter MMOs put out these gameplays and you you end up just looking at the gameplay and you're just like I mean like dude you're running around with nothing on screen right there's no other players on screen i don't even see npcs and it's already skipping and 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 buggy and you see texture pop-ins like i mean what are we what are we, like what are we trying to show here that's what i just never understood this about these pre-alpha things like whatever happened to the days where Whenever we had MMOs that were advertised or designed, they were like care went into like advertising them, care and like time went into researching and learning about the audience and developing like your 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 audience or your core or whatever else. So many of these new games, it it can't help but just feel like advertisement. You you look at all of these alpha, pre-alpha, pre-pre-pre-alpha, you know, how many more pre's they can fit in there, I'm not sure, but you look at all of these different games and you just think to yourself, like, actually, I, I already made a mistake. They're not they're not really games yet. Like, to me, a game is something that you can play, enjoy. Pretty simple definition, right? Like, you play it, it has rules, and you can enjoy it. But in the case of these Kickstarter games, games, they're not really play. They're Like, it's an MMO. So here's what I'm trying to say. When an RPG is made, like, shittily, like, it's not really a good game, let's say, like, objectively, subjectively, whatever. It's still a game somebody else can enjoy, right? They can play it at its full capacity because it's just, like, a, an RPG, right? It doesn't need more players. It's just you, you can be the sole player, and it works just fine. MMOs are different. And that's why, like, you can't really demo MMOs. You can't show these super early, like, gameplay footage and expect it to matter because it's just, like, what matters is the people in the world. Like, the people are what matter. The people interacting with each other, the people forming friendships and 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 fucking rivalries and hating each other and crafting and trying to support the realm and competing against other realms. Like that's what you want to see. So if you look at all all of like the old school trailers, it's all about showing people in the world. Like it, it, I mean, it sounds so silly for me to say that, but you look at like these old gameplay trailers, and of course, when you look at uh, that one's seven years old. I want the older one. Here, here, here is um the Age of Conan trailer. They're showing off the um. They're showing off the map here. They're showing off battle wars about to happen. This isn't a necessarily a pleasant place as we could expect from the Age of Conan um m- mythology, if you will, right. And and yes, this is a cinematic trailer, so it's not exactly the trailer that I'm looking for. Let me see if I can find... Okay, here we go. This is a gameplay trailer. No, this is one that somebody made. Is it? Or is... I can't remember, because there actually is a gameplay trailer. But I'm having a hard time finding it, probably because it's like 10 years old. Here we go. Oh, no, this is the E3 2007 trailer. 
Well, it only shows that one fight scene. So Age of Conan, I, I can't find the gameplay trailer I'm looking for, but I'll, I'll look at... No, I already looked at Wildstar last time on stream. I, I used that as an example last time. So I'll use... Um, what's another good MMO to use? Star Wars Galaxies. All right, so here's the uh, old Star Wars Galaxies trailer. Next hour, a group of travelers will band together, and a mighty beast will be vanquished. In the next minute, an evil empire will threaten the galaxy. Do you see the focus here, though, in the narrative, in what they're trying to show you? They're trying to show you it can be big, it can be epic, we can all work together, we can fight amongst, like, you know, each other and fight against the bad people. Even though the combat in this game isn't that great, they can make a much better trailer because at the end of the day, it's about, well, old school trailers were all about in-game footage, uh, boss, because that was like a big thing for people. But if you wanted to watch a, a cinematic one, there, I think it's the Complete Adventures one. Luden's knows better than me. Live it. The Force will be with you, always. Go online anytime and experience the ultimate interactive adventure. I'm able to do anything I want in the galaxy and meet anyone I want. With thousands of online players worldwide. That's the first thing he said. You can meet anybody. Who hasn't wanted to be on the ship with Han Solo? For the first time, okay, well, that was in all four Star Wars Galaxies Adventures. Who will you be? How will you play? Engage other Star Wars fans in epic space battles. Travel yeah, once he said that shit, Ludens, I knew it was an NG. And play your part in the legendary galactic universe. The point being here that um, when you watch old school trailers, uh, old school MMO trailers, they were always about showing you the scale of the world. They were about showing you like the danger that that lurks, right? This is an EverQuest trailer, by the way. An old-school EverQuest trailer. Zach's, there's 989 Studios, which is their previous name before they became uh, Baron Interactive and then were acquired and became SOE. But when you watch these old-school old trailers, they show you these big, scary monsters. And look at this. They show a raid in a trailer. Like, they're actually showing a raid in a trailer. Think about that. The last time you've seen actual raid gameplay in trailers it's like it just doesn't happen anymore and obviously these days people prefer these big cinematics and when i say people i mean the general public on average prefers the big cinematics i'm not going to sit here and say which of those are better necessarily the main point that i'm trying to illustrate is that just trailers back then in mmos focused first and foremost on playing together on experiencing the world together experiencing the terrors and all these other things like it 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 used to be that way, and it's so clearly not that way anymore. You can tell when you watch all these other games, and whenever they do trailers, whenever they do, you know, like, um, perfect example. I'll just look up, Astelia is one of those games that are, uh, Asian games that are launching, or that is launching, rather, sometime this year. And it's one of those Unreal Engine 3 games as well. 
Look at how they make trailers these days, typically. Trailers these game or these days are all about showing off special effects, right? Showcasing like you firing your abilities. But even just from watching the trailer footage in this game, right? Uh, it looks like some edited gameplay or something. I know that this game can't run a lot of players on screen. Bes besides me knowing that they use Unreal Engine 3, which, by the way, last time on the podcast, I figured out randomly just by watching it. So it's not like I, I knew ahead of time. But just by watching this, you can tell it's a game that lags when there's a lot of people on screen. Besides it looking like having pretty graphics, which is usually a good sign it's going to have more performance issues, it's watch, the, watch how many particle effects, for example, all of these uh, abilities have. They have a... Like all of these like PBAOEs they place on the ground, these 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 particle effects going around people and stuff, all of those things which you can disable in some games and make it to where it's only your player or only your player character or your party where you can see them. The point is is that you can tell that the game isn't going to perform with a lot of players on screen, which I mean has basically already been shown before. Like some of these other uh, Asian games, more so. I don't think this one's as fair of an example. Sorry, uh, Dynamics. I don't know why. It, uh... Oh, he spelled permission wrong. <laughs> anyway, I'm not picking out Astelia. It was just a random game I decided to pick. Um, I can pick... Um... What's another one that's coming out? Crowfall's um, a bit of a weird middle ground because it's made by old school developers, but it's made in a newer age. So you can watch how old school developers would make trailers in the newer age. Which, um, I don't know if this is, was their old trailer, like their Kickstarter. I think this was their Kickstarter trailer because this isn't a very good one, to be honest. It's more so showing off what they have. They have like a, a straight up, trailer trailer is it this one death is not the end my first life was simple I went from daughter, to wife, to widow, to soldier. My family, my kingdom, all in ruins. Chosen by the gods, as immortals, crows. What the fuck is this shit, dude? Has anyone ever seen this trailer? Sorry, but I didn't realize this trailer was so, like, bad. <laughs> This is, I don't know, sorry, this is not the kind of trailer I want to see when I want to get hyped about something. I don't want to hear some random story about some random character I don't care about. It's about me. MMOs are about me, my friends, the people around me. Not made-up characters. I don't, like, I don't give a shit about this character. Show me some random Joe Schmo, like they used to do back in the day whenever you'd watch an MMO trailer. You'd be like, you're just a random noob, and you'd be like walking around, and you'd like get like upgraded gear and shit. I want to see that story. The 
zero to hero, not the story of some random character that they essentially created. And, you know, no offense, but um, poorly edited into this video trailer thing. That being said, I will say you can kind of see the problems already arising here, right? This is a little bit speculative, so bear with me. We're putting our detective caps on here. So check this out. So I'm going to mute it here. One thing I, guys, I want you guys to notice here is look at the scale, right? Ask, ask yourself, why is this the scale that they wanted to create or showcase? Now, you might have a different answer than me, but my thought is that they can't put any more characters on screen, otherwise the game just doesn't perform. How do I know that? By watching the game, right? Like if I watch the game or watch the gameplay... It's just basically um, worse than what this trailer looks like. So what I'm saying is, is like even with trailers, even these cinematic ones that also sprinkle in gameplay, you can look and you can see the signs in some ways. I can see here, why not just go for all of these other different people? And yeah, exactly. Like your heels just said, um, it's washed over. All the textures are uh, washed over. There's like barely any actual texture fidelity in it. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right, Limpos. Ultimately, when it's not tied to gameplay, that's why, remember there was that big uh, scare or stink where we were telling developers to put using in like remember people used to put in-game footage on all of their trailers but it was like in-game footage that they created with like a cinematic or some shit so it was always like not really in-game footage that used to be like a problem you don't see it as much anymore now you see these like weird hybrid trailers where they're kind of cinematic-y like right here but they also show like gameplay but it's obviously like edited and stuff here's a bigger fight All right, well, I mean, this is, yeah, so this is basically, uh, thanks for this link, by the way, McSnackerson. This is basically what my perception of the game is from the last time we watched on stream. It's, um, I don't know what the fuck is going on when I watch this game. Like, that's my biggest fear with Crowfall right now is there's next to no indications of when you land or hit people. The hit detection seems very wonky. Um, attacks put your character on, a, on like a slideshow. So whenever you attack in this game, if you notice, sometimes it creates an animation, but it still allows you to move. So essentially, that, that allows for, in, in, in games, what's called animation canceling. You can, like, attack and then move immediately, and then, you know, attack sometimes again. Sometimes games like MOBAs and, and RTS uh, have that, like, attack speeds on your character. But in this game, I found that's why the combat looks so weird and looks so floaty. It's because the characters are floaty. Every time they kind of move, they're like... If you notice, like they're they're doing the animations, but they're still kind of moving as well. So it, it just it looks kind of like disjointed. Uh, not to mention the other things I notice about this game, as I've mentioned before, is when somebody when we talk about uh, visceral feelings and feeling weighted with your combat, usually that doesn't just mean feeling heavy like Dark Souls, like some people think. 
It means that when you land your ability, you know that you landed your ability. In real life, if you punch somebody, you know that you punch somebody because it hurts your hand. Your hand is pretty fragile. Um, in a video game, obviously, we're not punching things. So what do, what do most video games do? They put rumble in, right? They put vibrations in. They put loud sounds. They put particle effects. They put um, maybe like certain uh, tells in the game, like, um, you know, w whatever type of cue that they look for in order to make you feel kind of connected to your 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 um, character. Like maybe you're playing a, a military simulator shooter like Arma, and you want to hear that kickback in that gun. Like you want to hear that. Or or you're playing like Mordhau, that new... Um, it's kind of like a more... It's a less cheesy version of like chivalry. Mordhau, if... I'll type that out in case you guys laugh or think my pronunciation is probably horrible because I do have a bunch of Danes in the chat. Um, or at least a bunch of Scandinavians. But uh, Mordhau has this cool kind of system where it's like you can no longer spin with your sword because they added physics and momentum to it. So meaning like in chivalry and games like that where they're physics-based, you can just swing your sword and spin around in a circle and you're really hard to deal with. That game added like momentum, right? Because in real life, when you swing your sword, there's momentum that stops you from just swinging it endlessly without any kind of um, wind-up, right? So I'm I'm taking the time to explain this shit because this is what you look for when you look at a game. Yes, MMOs included. And you don't see any of that when you look at Crowfall. You see characters are sliding all the time. There seems to be next to no indication of whenever you hit someone. I mean, look at that exchange right there. He swung and hit the dude from really far away. Look at this. Dude rolled out of the way, which by all means, the guy made the right tactical decision. He was caught from behind. He was getting uh, attacked here. Right, he made the right uh, move, and then it's like he, first off, he he floats there for a second. Let's break this down like pixel pixel if we can. What button is it? Okay, here's pixel by pixel. Okay, he's getting jumped on. He goes to react. And this is where it gets weird. Like you watch you watch this whole scene right here. Is it there it is. Right here. Look. Right here. This is the animation it makes whenever he swung and attacked. That's the particle effect that they that's the best that they could come up with. Which by the way, the game is an alpha. This is really early footage, pre alpha footage. I'm not trying to say that the game is always going to look at this. I'm saying this is what I have to judge the game on now. And it doesn't look that good. You think he's doing a pull? Let's see. <laughs> that's Dude, that's so funny. He actually is doing a pull, but because the game has no like conceivable animations or particle effects, it basically proved my point. I couldn't actually see what he's doing because the animations are so horrible. Look at this. I'm putting it in 0.25 speed. McSackerson is right yet again. It is a pull. You can tell by um, the way the animation uh, sends out, not to mention he activates an ability here. I believe it's his like uh, two ability or was it his four ability? I don't know. He activated an ability here which grabbed onto his target and pulled him towards him. But again, 
There's no possible way to really know that's what it does by looking at it. A guy rolls, does some crazy combat roll. He does the right move. He looks at him. He's like, all right, I got to pull this guy back in. Wait, what the? Why did the guy stop there for a second? Was that? <laughs> all right. So you see how you basically have no idea what's going on? I did this last time. And I'll do it again, just a, a quick example. Arcage was a cool game to play because it was all about CC. Timing your CC and linking your abilities together, chaining things. So sometimes I like to show combat <clears throat> from uh, Arcage to, to illustrate this point. It was very, it's about bursting your opponent as fast as you possibly can. So one thing you'll notice whenever you watch gameplay in Arcage is every time you place an ability, cast an ability, or fire an ability, there's some kind of indication. So here, whenever this target's being hit, he's getting t uh, target reticles that, say that are red that also make his screen red as well as um, uh, slow his speed down. It looked like his speed started to slow, kind of like in other games when you get low. There's a couple indications. Now, this is not the best quality. But um, they're like more of like a dual video. Necromancer was one in particular that had a lot of uh, CC, if I remember correctly. All right, well, this is one of those players who zooms completely out, which is the op optimal way to play when you're doing open pvp like you don't want to be zoomed all the way in so you can't really see it from this view but if you notice here i can tell a fight is breaking out and i can tell who's attacking who just by watching even from this top down view okay these guys are attacking here here's their particles this guy's fighting this guy like i kind of can see everything that's going on i see where the abilities are being fired i see the the pvaoe is being placed on the ground i see people getting lifted up into the air i know that they're being stunned or or restricted or held in some sort of way like this is the type of stuff that you look for when you when you look for PvP um, and and animations. Like what's considered good combat in an MMO? This is what I consider to be good combat. Clear indication that I'm hitting my target. Let's look at this again in slow motion. Okay, check this out. This is what I consider to be good combat in MMOs. And I'm not saying RKH has the best combat, but I'm just saying like the framework for what I consider to be good. Okay. You um. Here we go. He had a dash ability, dashes in, gets hit by that guy's uh, ability that he placed on the ground, some sort of wall. Guy jumps to disengage, goes to throw some sort of CC, slows the guy down again, right? Again, I, I haven't even played this game in years, and I know what's happening just by watching it, right? This is how it should be. Now, obviously, I have it slowed down to immense levels because, I again, I'm not familiar with the game. I haven't played it in years now. I mean, in fact, it's been like four years since I've played Arcage, but... um. Uh, or three years now. I can't remember, but um, it's been a minute. Anyway, I can just tell what's going on just by watching, right? That guy landed a CC, which knocked him back, and he landed a chill on him. You see how when he walks, there's some sort of, like, um, particle effect showing up on the ground? That's always showed whenever you're slowed, right? Boom. Jumping animation, clearly some sort of leap or, or, or dash ability. This is kind of like what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying here is, like, when you watch this and then you go watch like um, some more Crowfall gameplay, 
it's um it makes crowfall look like it's not just years away but i mean years upon years away okay here's very recent footage from a streamer youtuber zyback um this is a player who who i've personally played against in many mmos so i know he's a good player and um also ironically enough follows me on youtube but anyway so here's his video. Looks much better than the previous videos we were watching, right? Have to admit, I'm seeing some improvements here, but I just saw that guy's slideshow completely teleport. That guy's character model literally went limp and then flew into the air. Did anyone else see that? Look at that. <laughs> Look up here. Look at this. Look. Watch this guy up here. Look. Watch this guy. When people get knocked up, their character models just like stop and they just like whoops whoa like look at this guy right here watch watch here it goes you're just gonna see some random guy fly <laughs> uh, look at that dude he just some random dude is flying in the air like it just looks hilarious when there's no animations animations particle effects combat functionality in terms of it's just you know like the the script aspects like the the what we see the ui the the target reticules, the how you attack your target. If it's bad in an MMO, I don't care what people used to think, but MMOs have gotten to the point now where we expect a certain level of gameplay, um, especially if you're a PvP-centric MMO. I mean, and this is crazy. It's like I'm, I'm watching somebody who essentially can do this professionally. Like, meaning he could... He could dedicate himself to this game and play it probably professionally. And here is basically the highest quality I can get, 60 FPS. The 60 FPS, it helps, but again, you're still seeing lots of hitching. Seeing lots of hitching. No reticules are coming up whenever he's swinging on his targets. On his targets. And this is why I don't like soft hitboxes. Honestly, this, this reason right here is why I don't like soft hitboxes. I know people always say, well, Nerd Slayer, it's too difficult to do realistic hitboxes because if you do a hard hitbox then the game is going to be too hard to run and you're not going to be able to have massive battles. But that's already been disproven. Darkfall, a game created by a Greek company with a fraction of a budget, created a game that had a fully physics-based engine that also allowed for open-world, full-loop PvP. You want me to look at BDO combat? Well, just so you know... I'm not going to like BDO's combat. I already don't like it, and I'll tell you exactly why I don't like it. BDO uses soft hitboxes, but theirs are much better than what Crowfall has there, that's for sure. I mean, I think we can all agree there that although I might not like uh, Black Desert's combat, it's it's definitely not bad combat. I don't think it's bad. It's just that I'll tell you very simply why... I think the combat is not good. In any top-level game, and there's a couple players in chat who I've considered um, to have gotten to some top-level before. So I know there's a couple of you in chat. Anyone who's ever gotten to some top-level in some kind of game, you've, you've experienced <clears throat> what it takes to have to learn a combat system, learn the ins and outs, learn how to master things, and, and whatever else. And, and one thing I think all of us who've experienced some level of you know expertise in a game diamond level plus 
you've you've learned that like one of the most telling things if a player is good, the first thing you notice is the same thing I notice when I when I want to watch a fighter. If I want to see if a fighter is good, I'm watching a local show or something. The first thing I notice is how do they move? How do they move, right? Because pro players or very good players develop this like second nature ability to move their characters because they become so attached to them in some ways, but also spend so much time playing the game. So you have this ability to move your character and it just becomes like this extension of you. Um, the problem with games like BDO, and by the way, they're not the only one that does it. Many other MMOs do it, unfortunately. The problem with these sorts of games is that instead of allowing movement to be a skill and to be something that is punished but also can give you a reward for properly timing somebody's attack, a properly timing a block, a break, a CC break, etc. Black Desert's combat leans itself to constant dashing. And, I mean, I've watched so many PvP matches, and it's like everybody who PvPs dashes. And I see why. It's too much of an advantage, especially as a melee, not to play with dashes. Like, I understand that concept. that It's, it's an age-old concept for melee characters. But the problem is when you have invuln frame dodging or even just like excessive dodging, what it allows for is it allows for people to just spam dodge. And, and you see that all the time. Lesser players are now able to spam a, spam a button or spam dodge. And every now and then they're going to dodge something. As Limpos, who's played uh, Guild Wars 2, is going to know, it, it's go like they're going to land something on you. They're going to land something, right? It's not super hard to aim in these games, right? There's soft aiming, which means that like, it's not a matter of my aim skill, okay? It's not my aim skill that determines my ability at these games. It's not my movement ability, not really, right? Because everybody can kind of move, so it's not really movement. <clears throat> I can't differentiate myself in, in, in that. So uh, combos, there's some combos in this game, but it's not a fighting game, so not really, right? I can't make my game reliant on, and when I say game, I mean my ability to PvP reliant on comboing, really right so those are, that's another aspect of skill that's kind of taken away mechanical ability also goes hand in hand with aim with uh, awareness with movement right mechanical ability meaning your actual ability to move aim your mouse your controller whatever you're playing with it's um exactly dynamics that's the best way to put it bdo combat feels like i'm watching a dbz fight with these dashes and blinks Except because of that, I can't see any of the complexity. That's why DBZ fights are these shining flashes and glimmers. It's easier on animation and it's easier to draw. <clears throat> so I don't have to draw all the detail for every little fight detail, you know, little exchange, you know, like they don't want to do that. It's too much work. So they just show them just like zipping around. Except in BDO's case, I want to actually move around and play my character, except everybody's dashing all the sudden, all, all the time. It has comboing thing, but it's not like what I would call serious comboing. When I say serious comboing, I'm talking Street Fighter. I'm talking DBZ fighters. Um, I'm talking um, uh, melee. I'm talking ultimate. I'm talking, you know, whatever integral fighting game you can think of. That's comboing to me. Um, some MMOs have that level of comboing, like Arcage, as I mentioned. In Arcage, there's a combo as the Necromancer. I don't know if they nerfed it here, so bear with me, Arcage players. But you used to be able to lift somebody in the air with a with a, a ball of water, and you could time exactly how much time it would take them to land on the ground. It was always the same amount of time. I don't remember exactly, but it was like 0.75 seconds. And you time how long it would take for them to get the ground, hit the ground. So you had to like 
it, there's a what's called a f- couple frames, meaning like you have a couple milliseconds or seconds or whatever of time to react. But you can place like a PBAOE or a placeable AOE on the ground to where as soon as he lands from the ball being lifted up in the air, he immediately gets thrown onto the spike and which does damage to them. So in that case, my ability to combo makes me a better player because I can control my opponent and then make him land onto some AOE thing, which is completely skill-based, is completely reliant on my timing. So that, that's, a, that's a little thing that if you're, a, you're an observer who's watching and you're looking for skill, like how to determine what skill, you'd see that and be like, oh, damn, he made it to where right when he landed, he got hit by that attack. That's skill. Okay. So you have an idea of like what skill is. When I watch Black Desert, it's just it's hard to see where the skill is. And I'm not saying it doesn't take skill. I'm sure it takes a lot of skill, a.k.a. grinding primarily. Speed and BDO is only to cover more ground <laughs> to to cover more ground to grind and one million mobs. While I see your joke, unfortunately, most PvP fights are also dashing. <laughs> like, like if you if you guys think I'm crazy, I mean, just watch watch one of these videos. It ends up just being like insane amounts of dashing. The the sorcerer or mage dashes. The the archer dashes. The the Thief dashes, the warrior, everyone dashes in this game. I just, I get it maybe from like an anime perspective. They want everyone to be able to have their little like move and stuff. But it's like, again, for a game that launched with so little classes, isn't physics-based PvP. And ultimately, uh, sorry, physics-based combat. And ultimately relies on kind of like... um flashiness in order to be exciting that's just not personally the kind of game i find enjoyable if you want to see a a game um that i find enjoyable in terms of combat jedi academy is one of the first examples i can think of right this is one of the first examples of what i would describe as good combat we're seeing um feedback here boom goes for the execute you see the guy get impacted there there's a physics ragdoll effect like it's it's more so clear whenever you're landing shots on people, when you're hitting people, boom, he, he just like uh, blocked him with a saber there, but then he landed a shot, which you can tell because it, it slices here. Of course, people like to talk about Mountain Blade as well. I saw Limpos mention that. People like to mention Mountain Blade because Mountain Blade is slower paced, has a lot more timing. Um, you're trying to like uh, maybe specifically catch your opponent during some moment where they're vulnerable, like here. He's waiting for him to swing his big axe, right? So he can react and possibly land a shot and block him with his shield. There, there's weight. There's physics. You can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to swing at each other. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that. That being said, MMOs, of course, have had more traditional gameplay. Where, you know, old school gameplay and old school PvP look like this. It, um... It doesn't look very skillful when you watch old school PvP. It doesn't. Because it's guys running around in shitty combat trying to PK each other. It isn't like the most enjoyable uh, experience, as you can kind of see. I don't know if these guys are skilled. I don't know if they're high level. I don't have any context. But this is kind of how old school MMOs used to work. You didn't learn until basically you got a sword in your back. But in this particular case, 
this is kind of what we had to work with before. But one thing MMOs did in order to deal with this, in order in order to have such poor combat, um, or or survive with such poor combat, is they came up with as tabletop came up with, because uh, you know tabletop created it, uh, muds, muds created uh, MMOs. You guys know that I've mentioned it a bunch of times. You're caught up to speed. But because they couldn't focus on like really good gameplay back then, they had to focus on other things. They had to focus on depth. They had to focus on character classes. So if you look at old MMOs, the most defining thing about them, I think, is just simply look at the amount of classes that they have. Like, here's EQ1 classes. EQ1, of course, didn't have all of these at launch. But EQ1 has four... Seven, eleven, and counting the hybrid classes, fifteen classes in EverQuest One. EverQuest One. That game came out. I mean, shit, twenty years ago now. Black Desert Online classes. Okay, available classes in Black Desert Online. Warrior, Ranger, Sorceress, Berserker, Valkyrie, Wizard, Tamer. Usa, whatever the heck that is. Ninja, Dark Knight, Striker, Mystic, Lawn. So 13. 13 um, available classes. It's not, uh, not terrible, right? On paper, it seems like it's, it's comparable. About 13 classes in EQ1, about 13 classes in Black Desert. Except the biggest difference, again... It's not just the amount of classes. It's the amount of control you have in classes. So let me see if I can find... Um, here we go. This is what I wanted. Game info. All right, so here are the classes. Here's the class. And can I look up BDO Warrior Talent Tree? Skill Calculator? Okay, so I'll pick Warrior... Here's the skill calculator of my options to play with, right? Huh, they actually show you the different weapons here and the attacks on screen. Here, I'll show you guys what I'm talking about. But I've never seen this before. That's kind of cool. On some of these, if you highlight them, they actually show you the ability being casted. Man, I wish when I played MMOs uh, heavily, uh, especially in PvP, I wish they had shit like this where I could actually see what the ability looks like. And I know it's probably so small for some people, but I think it's kind of kind of cool. Anyway, so the majority of this right here <clears throat> is passive abilities, so we won't count these, right? <clears throat> uh, this is so. Are these all passive abilities? Um Okay, so here's an ability that you get. Sorry, I'm trying to see how deep these talent trees are. By the way, can somebody explain to me what this C what this C rank and B rank crap is? Is this like a 
Is this trying to tell me this is a horizontal progression followed by a vertical progression? That's what it kind of looks like. Looks like it's like telling me it's a horizontal progression through the way. So like the trees kind of go like that instead. Instead of like going down like some like long path or something, they go more like this. And in fact, many of these you just get automatically. So some of these you don't even have to put points in. Some of these you just get automatically. In fact, all of these abilities you get automatically. I just figured that out. All of these are given to you at level one. They're just passively upgraded as you level up. So how do people actually like, sorry, let me ask you a simple question. How do you create a build in this game? In, in Black Desert Online, how do, how, do, how do I create a build? Like a character build. I'm just trying to figure out how the game, like where's the complexity in the game is what I'm trying to figure out. It's not the combat, right? Uh, in terms of aim. It's not the aim. It's not movement. Those don't look very difficult. There's not a whole lot of abilities being casted. Right? Like, if you look at his bar, I mean, that looks like, a that looks like light work compared to the bars that I've, used, I I've, you know, played in other games. I was trying to see if I could see some more ability bars. Wait, is this the one that I just clicked? Uh, he has his, this guy has his bar like up here on the side, or is that just his timers? Those just might be his dot timers that he has, but probably what they did actually is they just hide their abilities because they already recognize where all this shit is. No, this guy has his abilities here, and then he has his other abilities and buffs placed around the map, or sorry, around the screen. But yeah, I think that's what he's looking for here. He has some key abilities here, but his main abilities are here. Here's his buffs. And I'm assuming these are stances, but these look like dance or stances, but I'm not sure. Oh, you don't have bars, you click like shift Q. Ah, okay. Abilities also have button combo to trigger most of the time, so many abilities don't need to be bound. Okay, so it's kind of like Blade and Soul then. I didn't realize they were so similar. Where you get like progressively more abilities as you like swing on people and stuff. But it's not like Vindictus where you swing the majority of the time with like big abilities, I don't think. It looks like people spam more in Black Desert Online. Yeah, so the, the argument when we talk about if something is good combat or good skill ceiling, we're talking about all the categories that we've mentioned. We're not just saying in one particular like category, like because we're trying to look at it holistically, right? And I mean, it's not easy to do. As you can see, we've all sat here and spent you know some minutes now looking at different combat systems and kind of like seeing 
what's good about them, what's bad. The BDO put it this way: it's the better of the bad uh, combat systems. How about that? That's what I'll grant BDO. It's it's the better of the of the bad combat systems because I don't know. Watching this, this doesn't have the same gravitas as watching this. This is a uh, Dark Fall, obviously fully, fully physics-based game. Here, the only way you can land a swing on your target is if you actually hit them, like you actually target and attack their pixels. So this guy here is trying to run away and heal and stat because he's been in a disadvantageous uh, position. Obviously, this gameplay is ancient. This game came out in 09, guys, so it's 10 years old. But the thing that I always try and show people when I showcase Darkfall is not to say that this game is the best, this game, um, whatever else. It's that despite its ugly look, the reason why it's always had a core audience is because of the gameplay. That's a pixel-perfect ray. Just so people, people see this here, this means that he landed this pixel-perfect on his back, right? That's not a soft hitbox. Watch this. See? He aimed at his back, and so he hit him. He hit him that time, too. And then he landed his target, and he killed him. So when I watch this engagement, I know, okay, he landed four spells in a row, which led to the death of his opponent. Whereas when I watch like some of these like uh, Black Desert Online fights, it's just like, all of a sudden, one dude just gets exploded, and it's hard to even know what the hell is going on, or, or even... If I'm connecting my abilities besides whatever just pops up on my screen. Darkfall does look better than Crowfall. Too bad Darkfall, you know, has way too many issues to, to mention as well. Yeah, you know what? This kind of gameplay I think could grow on me. But um, this current iteration isn't it for me. So maybe I'll keep my eyes open for some more kind of anime action style mmos i'm sure one of them i'll get into but yeah this one doesn't do it for me the combat of bdo is definitely more readable if you've played it extensively gotcha yeah i'm I'm sure like somebody who's experienced can as always same same as i've mentioned in eve can sit there and watch it and tell me the deep intricacies of it but unless they can actually just prove that my criticisms are not valid, I, I don't find a way that they would like change my opinion. Because like, you, you'd have to actually address my points. Just like being better and explaining things to me would give me perspective and would make me now understand maybe things that I didn't know before. Um, but it wouldn't really like change my perspective. Well, I, I joke about that more, Toe, because people are very sensitive whenever I shit-talked Eve because they say, oh, you shouldn't sh uh, shit-talk Eve. Um, it's It looks aw it has super in-depth, crazy, like, combat, bro. You just, you're too dumb. You don't know. You're just too dumb. And I'm like, well, even if it has all of those complexities, 
it can still be boring to me. That's the thing. Is it's like things can be complex and deep and boring. It's not like exclusively like, oh, if it's deep, it's it's fun, man. Like I don't know about you guys, but I've read some textbooks where I'm just like. <laughs> I played Eve professionally for several years. Its complexities are outside the game itself. It's a good way to put it. Uh, as Card and I have talked about uh, a bunch, it's more about um, how you play the game. How you play the game. Right? How you play the game. I think that's why it has a very loyal fan base. Obviously, it's a more hardcore fan base as well. Uh, man, we've just been kind of ranting here. I'll go ahead and change this over to, um, maybe the, uh, soapbox segment. I wanted to do something fun in the soapbox segment. Uh, also reminder to everybody. I forgot to mention, um, as always card is in the podcast lobby in the discord. If you want to ask me a question on stream, uh, feel free to join podcast lobby, ask him a question. He'll get it queued up. And you can ask me um, soon because we're soon going to open it up for questions. And then um, we will also speak about, uh, or sorry, you can ask me anything in Twitch. If you can't make the stream, um, you can't make it into Discord, you're at work or whatever else, you're busy. You can always just at me on Twitch and I'll try and answer your questions before the uh, stream ends. So I'll look to do that. But um, I had like a fun little activity I wanted to do where I kind of wanted to I wanted to think of like I, I was going to describe it as like the MMO Frankenstein. Do you guys want to talk about the MMO Frankenstein with me? The MMO Frankenstein is our as an our creation of an MMO based on the best aspects from other games. So, I want to get this shit like nailed down. It's it's for fun. We're just having fun here. But we should start in a category let me make a document really quickly have a doc for this kind of shit Alright, um, I'm writing out my, my categories right now. Um, combat, graphics, progression, I guess? Maybe difficulty. We, I mean, these categories are arbitrary, obviously. We can add whatever categories we want. Um, community... Role play. We can even go PvP, PvE, customization. Uh, those are those are a couple. All right. So, oh, we can also throw in social systems. No, that's kind of community. <clears throat> the MMO Frankenstein. Now, obviously, these categories are arbitrary. And we don't have to be pixel perfect here, right? Because we actually don't know. 
That being said, all right, let's do three votes for each category. I would say, and please, we're on combat now. So, what what is everyone's opinion in the in the chat in you know the podcast um, viewing all? What's your opinion on what MMO has the best combat? I'm gonna put Darkfall on here, as I've already said. I think I probably have to put World of Warcraft on here as well, just because of its legacy. Um, there's a couple other... Hmm. It's hard. There's some other examples here you could go with. The animations are very nice in BDO. I will totally agree with that. Animations and visuals are obviously... Typically very good in Asian titles. I'm seeing lots of BDOs, so I'm going to put BDO up here. I obviously don't agree. But let, let's just say BDO, because everyone's voting that. All right, so graphics. I mean, when it comes to graphics, you probably have to put Ion up there. That's been one of the best-looking games I've ever seen. Um, What else? Ion. And by the way, my reasoning for putting WoW on here isn't because I don't don't get confused and think that just because I put something on here means I like it necessarily. I just recognize why something becomes popular. And in WoW's case, it is it combat is a good reason. Uh Yeah, I would agree. I would agree, Rippies. I think Terra used to be up there with BDO, but Terra kind of got easier as time went on. I'm not really sure why. All right, so graphics. Uh, we have to put BDO on there as well. Another good-looking game, especially with their recent remaster shit that they did. New textures and stuff. So we've got Ion. We've got Black Desert Online. What else should we get in terms of... Um, Ashes looks pretty good as well. I want to hear some more vo votes though first. What's your guys' opinion of Ashes? Ooh, I ooh, Mardo has a good point though. If you want to talk about art style, you have to put Final Fantasy up there. Star Citizen does look pretty damn good as well. Damn it. I'm going to put Star Citizen, even if just for the visual and not performance, because we're not talking about performance here. We're just talking about graphics. Scale. For scale, has to be Darkfall, has to be Eve. I mean, come on. Eve is just next level scale. And I'd probably throw Ultima. No, it's a bad example. It's not a, it's not a mega server. Those are shards. Mega server. Darkfall had a mega server. Eve had a mega server. What other PvP game had a mega server? Maybe Worm Online has pretty huge skill. Um, 
I think Planetside 2 is pretty fair. Uh, yeah, I, I'll agree with you, with you guys on that. Just because of the different, like, you can traverse land, ground, uh, and, well, saying feet on ground, land as in a vehicle, and the air. I think that's pretty fair. And again, I put Darkfall here because it has some of the biggest battles ever seen. Eve, same scenario, bigger than Darkfall. Um, and obviously, when we talk about scale, we also talk about what's on the line. These three games probably have the most on the line. Uh, so for progression, hmm, progression, hmm, progression's an, e uh, an, an interesting one. I think we have to put EQ1 up there. EQ1 taught everybody how to do progression, essentially. Unfortunately, it didn't do anything else, like, apparently, in, in terms of progression teaching them, but it did teach them at least about the beginning. So I have to put EQ1 under progression. Um, my cat, sorry, I, I should explain each category. Obviously, it's the gameplay. Graphics, how it looks. I mean that one doesn't that one's self-explanatory, I feel like. Progression would be just so you guys understand. Progression for me is um handled equally nicely. Um takes dedication, but also rewards those who aren't no lifers. And then I would also say progression should be difficult to obtain and extends the life of your MMO. Huh, that's a... Honestly, that's a good point, Rippies. I think uh, Guild Wars 1... I ha You know what? I'm a little bit biased here, but I have to put Guild Wars 1 here on progression. Because, like, the thing about Guild Wars 1 is, like, they found a way to make the game still relevant, even in 2019. Uh, for people who haven't played Guild Wars 2, you get some unlockable items for playing Guild Wars uh, 1 and completing your Hall of Monuments. You get some vanity items. So... That obviously that's a reason to still play it, but before, of course, was the story. There, there was um so many different like factions you could uh get high amounts of favor towards, get secret types of armor, and like I mean, it just really, I would say Guild Wars One had pretty good progression. You felt like you were always getting better and moving forward. Yeah, I think Vanilla WoW probably has to go on here but i didn't want to put vanilla wow because eq1 basically is vanilla wow except easier uh sorry the other way around so you know what i'll put wow on here vanilla i still think it's good enough to mention these games have tons of content which you need for progression they have tons of ways to progress not just one facet and they all uh, are fun to progress in. I put WoW on the list, though, Ulysses, because although people talk about WoW as a EQ1 clone, it 
it isn't an EQ1 clone. It does a couple things different, but does them different in big ways, I think, personally. Um, difficulty. I mean, can we not say EQ1? <laughs> one, of, one of the most difficult games I've ever played in my life. I, I, I would be willing to put Arcage on this list somewhere. Um, actually, you know what? I'll put honorable mention Arcage in, the, in, in combat. I'm seeing lots of vanilla WoW. Again, I probably would have to agree with that. Um, what about, I mean, I feel like this is almost an unfair category to some extent because technically speaking here, how do you not put a full loot game as difficult? Eve has to be on here. Eve or, or any other full loot game has to be mentioned. And if you're going to mention one, I feel like you mention Eve. I don't necessarily think Eve is hard either, Card, but you and I can both admit, since it doesn't necessarily require you to be good at the game, it is kind of hard in that sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's a good point. What I should put, what looks good. I can put animation. Um, I'm going to say textures. Or no, I'll say landscape. Landscape and Ion looks amazing. Textures and Star Citizen, obviously. Dark Fall, I mean, you're talking thousand versus thousands of battles. Anyway, community. Community has to be SWG. That's just bias or what, whatever you want to call it. I think I can objectively make a case that Star Wars Galaxies has one of the best. I can't say it objectively has the best, but I can say objectively it's pretty damn good with the community i mean community could be objective depending on how you see it because there's more people therefore it's not just your own opinion but plural of anecdote isn't necessarily data it's right it's like it's um the plural of anecdote doesn't mean it's evidence, I should say, right? I feel like you can say WoW free, maybe Cataclysm? Maybe? Do you guys think pre-Cataclysm or TBC for WoW? And I would probably say Eve as well. So, Eve wins another one. I think it's more brawly that I like BDO for particular things. I think it's very bad at other things. For example, scale. For example, I don't like its progression at all. I don't like that kind of like limitless system that always favors... No life grinders. I think pre-cat is pretty fair. Um, difficulty, we mean ease of use plus um, 
danger playing the game. Funny enough, I, I, I'm not even kidding. I, I know you guys are going to think I'm memeing, but SWOTOR actually could be on this list pre-launch. When it was in closed beta, I'm telling you guys, I'm not making this shit up. When it was in closed beta, it actually was pretty good. It was pretty good. Like the combat and the difficulty, it was a difficult game. Um, I'll do... Difficulty for me is more PvE. Jazz Pirate, I feel like. More generally speaking. We could add another ca a category of skill ceiling or just leave that in for PvP. I'm probably going to leave... Uh, I'll, put, I'll put a skill ceiling. Just because I'm a nerd, dude. And I, and I feel like it does need its own category. For skill ceiling, it has to be Darkfall. Uh, once again, I mean, it's a game where if you're so good at it, you are insanely good at it. Because you're literally, not only are you a FPS god, but you're an FPS god with magic. So just imagine that. Um, skill ceiling. Maybe Eve before they changed some of the trees? Uh, or some, some of the way progression worked? Even if it was a hard-capped skill ceiling, I think we can agree with that. Even if it's hard-capped. And... Mm. It's a good point, Limpas, about flying. Flying is pretty damn difficult. And flyers in Planetside 2 always shock my brain with how good they are i mean they just annihilate me i'd put arcage over bdo personally i think arcage has more combos in terms of like kill combos like kill setups i should say kill confirms and stuff you know what yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say um planet side i think planet side 2 actually has a high skill ceiling it's just unfortunate that they didn't like evolve that more or maybe spread the scale out instead of shrinking it down but, I mean, where do we even start? All right, community, we had Star Wars Galaxies, WoW, Pre-Cataclysm, and Eve. I said three, but... Oh, wait, that is three. I can count. Big kid now. Roleplay has to be SWG. I mean, have you guys ever seen the roleplay in that game? It is incredible. And I know because I was there. <laughs> I got to do it all. Like... Galaxies is, it, it probably has the most that you can do in an MMO that I can think of personally. That's like actually a game, not, not an idea, not, not, you know, one of those dual universe games that are coming out in 60 billion years. I'm talking about a game that already came out, already is pretty damn good and still good at it. Galaxies still has a really strong roleplay community as does well, as everybody is mentioning. Of course, do we even need to mention, uh, wow. And it's an uh, interesting community. And I would probably say this last one's going to be hard because I know people are going to come at me and tell me that their favorite game has the best roleplay. Roleplay ultimately, of course, is going to be the game that you enjoy playing the most. Like you like the lore and the story the most. So, I mean, I would probably... For roleplay, I also like to think of options, like how much can you do in the game, how many tools do you have, how much customization do you have.
and that's the hard thing card i thought about swotor as well putting it on this list but is it really role play it's more like story like we can put story on here and i will gladly put swotor first on the list but role play nah ain't nobody ro really role playing in that game when I've played Lord of the Rings, I've had roleplay every single time I play the game, so I might have to put Lord of the Rings on there too. Also, because I can't think of anything else. Alright, for PvP, um, this is obviously a lot more opinionated, these two categories. These are, like, super opinion. The, the other ones are opinion, but these are, like, mega opinion. Because they're too broad of categories. Um, so for PvP, Eve has to go on there for sure. Um, I thought Warhammer Online handled P like although it was flawed, I thought its PvP was great and unique. And then I would probably, you know what? I'm gonna have to take Warhammer off and put DAOC just because it's a legacy project in that case, right? That that's that that started Warhammer essentially. So I'm going to put Eve, Dark Age, and probably, for me personally, it's going to be between Darkfall and Planetside. I think Darkfall has way more stakes, and it's an actual MMO where you can keep things, and there's progression, long-term progression, and permanence. I don't know, man. I think overall, if I'm not if I'm not going to be biased here, I have to put Planet Side. I'm not going to be super biased here. I got to put Planet. But that's that's kind of my problem with it. All right, is that it has no stakes. That's the only downside. I find. I mean, well, besides the new like uh, monetary system, or at least the one that they had before, they fixed it. That, uh, the search system, I didn't like it before either, but. Limpos and I have talked about it before. It seems like they've mostly changed that. PVE. I mean, come on. Even though I'm not the biggest PVE guy, WoW has to be on the list. It's had some pretty good, enjoyable PvP con or PVE content that I've enjoyed. Um, man. EQ, EQ1 for me. As well. I have to put that up there. And for other PvP or PVE, and I'm... So this category, we're saying generally, just call it generally. So I'm not going to like pick ones that are too specific. These are pretty, they allow for all types of play. You can AV8, you can 1v1, 2v2, you can 1v1, 4v4, 5v5, and you can mass fight, obviously. You know what, like... I have to put Guild Wars 1 on here. I just think Guild Wars 1's PvE experience is so good, dude. You can play it by yourself and it's still fun, dude. Alright, customization. How about we also put um, production? Because uh, production, you've got to put ESO there. ESO, Guild Wars 2. And probably, wow, those are crazy in production in terms of the money these companies throw. Do 
all of those companies. That's why they're on top right now. Customization. Okay, well, BDO is weird because it has a good character custom uh, character customization. Uh, character creator. How about that? We'll do a character creator and customization. Because um, I think BDO does have one of the best character creators. As does um, Blade and Soul. I think Blade and Soul is pretty good too. And I think that um, in terms of other good character creators, I think probably, probably all the Asian ones, huh? Yeah. I think it's fair to say. Actually, I take that back. I like Final Fantasies. And then customization is a little bit different. Customization means like actual things you can change about your character and 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 uniquely like you know make to your character, I guess I would say. Customization. Hmm. What are you, what are you guys thinking? Yeah, uh, Final Fantasy is Japanese. Black Desert Online, uh, I believe. Pearl Abyss is Korean. Yeah, Pearl Abyss is Korean. Blade and Soul, I mean, obviously, it's uh, NCSoft. <laughs> They're very much Korean. Customization? Can't be BDO. Guild Wars 2. Ooh, does Guild Wars 1 have more than Guild Wars 2, though, Limpos? Or does Guild Wars 2 have more? I haven't played in a minute, so. I'll put Swotor. I think Swotor offers a lot of customization. So does WoW. But I almost feel like it's unfair. WoW wins some of these categories just simply because it has so much uh, content. Customization, Swotor, personally agree to that. Every Swotor character I made, I made them exactly how I wanted to make them in terms of like their look. So I'll give uh, Bioware and Swotor credit for that. Good old Swotor. And then, I mean, you have to put Guild Wars on there. One or two. How about we just put both? Because the whole point of those games is customizing your character and putting on new outfits and shit and looking different, having unique abilities. Like that; those were the whole points of the game. That's a good point. Why don't we just put legacy? I'll put WoW as a, like a legacy vote in, and we can add in another game. Ooh, Rift could be a good example. Well, Secret World's definitely going on story. So it's going to get some love. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'm not sure which, which other one to add here. So I think... um, You know what? S Secret World has some pretty good customization as well. I always felt like everyone's different in Secret World, which is a good thing. So I'll put that on here too. When I, when I talk about customization, I mean, like, you feel, look, unique, and can create your aesthetic, essentially. Um, so for story, 
We have to say SWOTOR. We have to say Secret World. I mean, come on. These games are no-brainers in terms of the top of their categories. Guild Wars 2, probably? Or Guild Wars 1? Guild Wars 1 and 2 again? Again, games with tons of story. So, I'd probably say both again. I really liked Guild Wars 1's story, but I also was a kid, so... Um, honorable mention player stories. There you go, card. Production, I put ESO, Final Fantasy, Guild Wars 2, and WoW because they spend the most money right now, so... Basically, no way to, you know, argue otherwise, except honorable. <laughs> honorable mention, Star Citizen. You feel the lore of Guild Wars is better than its actual story? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Especially, like, prophecies. If if any of you ever have time or have ever had interest in replaying Guild Wars 1 or have never played it, just go back and play through at least its, like, main story, which you could do with friends, like a co-op game if you want. And, I mean, I think you'd find like an enjoyable experience, especially if you're just looking for an MMO to play. Prophecies was like old school, man. That was like one of my favorite experiences as a kid. Um, Story? I, I, just, I just remembered we forgot to put Final Fantasy, which is kind of crazy of us. So I'm going to put Final Fantasy on there as well. Sorry about that cutthroat granny. I saw you call me out. I don't necessarily think the story is great in Guild Wars 2, from what I've seen and experienced so far. Again, haven't played the game in two years now, but, I mean, shit, three years now. Maybe another category for lore. All right, fair enough. All right, for classes, I have to put Rift on here, even with its balancing issues, balancing aside. I have to put... Shadowbane, it had thousands and thousands of options of classes. Shadowbane has to be on classes. And you know what? I'm putting Warhammer Online. I thought Warhammer Online had great classes. Dude. Amazing classes. Um, there's a couple other ones that I put in here. There's a lot of customization in how you can build your character in Secret World as well as Darkfall. There's also, so, hmm, Rift, Shadowbane, Warhammer. I feel like if I put Rift on here, I have to put Arcage. Because they, they both use that kind of dual class system or triple class system. Yeah. I think I could put Archage here. I think that's fair. Archage has some pretty cool classes. I like Archage's classes. Rubies of Eventide has 90 classes. That is a lot of classes. For the for the kind of game that it is, it looks like a old school MMO. 90, 90 classes is a lot for this kind of looking game. 
Looks like EQ or almost like uh, Asheron's call. But um, 90 actually isn't a whole lot, funny enough. I mean, it, again, it, for classes, it's a lot. But if you want to talk about options, I mean, Rift had several hundred. Shadowbane had several hundred thousand options. But to be fair, that's because they also had runes, which obviously kind of inflate those numbers a bit. So I think this is a pretty fair list. Because um, although I think Rubies of Eventide, obviously 90 classes is probably more than Archage and Rift. Or sorry, more than Archage. And more than Warhammer. It's not more in terms of po uh, possibility or probability than, than Rift or Shadowbane. <laughs> Shut the fuck up about you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lore. Um. Uh. All right. So in lore, Guild Wars. Come on. Um. Final Fantasy. Come on. Galaxies. That's a freebie. And wow. Yeah. That's an easy one, man. You got to go for like... I'll put FF11 in here too. And then put Guild Wars 1. Pretty good lore out of these games right here. Alright, so the Guild Wars games, the Final Fantasy MMOs, the Star Wars MMOs, of course. Wow. Um, oh, we have to put Secret World if we're going to put it in story in this case, because it also has amazing uh, lore. Yeah, that's a good point. Good piece. They do all have prior lore uh, that they draw from. Try naming one that doesn't have proprietary games or lore. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's, um, I don't know, I feel good about this. We've just created some crazy MMO Frankenstein. Or we've got combat from Darkfall, WoW, or BDO, possibly Arcage. We've got graphics from Ion, BDO, or Star Citizen, more specifically the landscape, animations, and textures. Scale, we have Darkfall, Eve, and Planetside, which can get to the hundreds, uh, if not thousands, of people on screen. Progression. We have EQ1, Guild Wars 1, and WoW Vanilla. Essentially the OG MMOs that knew how to handle progression. Difficulty, we talk about ease of use and danger. So it's like it's a combination of the two. Um, good balances in EQ1 is super difficult, but WoW is a little bit better of a balance. And then EVE is, of course, also um, difficult as well. Skill ceiling, we talk about EVE. It's a spreadsheet uh, simulator for a reason. You have to know a lot of uh, information to be good at it which inherently means you need a skill ceiling. Dark Falls, a physics-based game, that answers basically your question about skill ceiling. And Planetside 2 is similar to a physics-based game. In fact, is Planetside 2 a physics-based game? I, th I do believe it is. You can run people over. But I don't know if you can crash into other vehicles and do damage to them. Community, we had uh, Star Wars Galaxies. We had... WoW Pre-Cataclysm, and we had EVE. Roleplay, we had Star Wars Galaxies, WoW, Lord of the Rings Online. PvP, again, general, so we could even just... 
they're, they're kind of inconsequential. In fact, yeah, let's just character creator. We have BDO, uh, Blade and Soul, and Final Fantasy fourteen. Those are the ones that I've personally, but also other people found very good for character creators. Um, customization. We said Swotor, Secret World, WoW, Legacy, and Guild Wars one. Um, I obviously can throw because it's pretty similar. So, I wouldn't say it's as good as Swotor. But it's pretty damn good. Store, we had Swotor, we had Secret World, we had Guild Wars 1 and 2. And we had an honorable mention in Eve, aka the player stories. Production, we had, of course, basically the companies right now have spent the most money. Um, they almost inevitably get considered the that person. And then, um, or the winner for that category, we had classes, we had Rift. Shadowbane, Warhammer Online, and Arcage, which is like a I, I I went for like a decent blend of like kind of different kind of games. Um, and then we had uh, uh, lore, and for lore we had of course basically the oldest titles, <laughs> Guild Wars, Final Fantasy, and Star Wars. Now, if you want to talk about um good unique lore, I think maybe we should give WoW some more credit, right? Because they created a lot of that lore on their own. I know. Here come the Warhammer fans about to freaking attack me, but I'm just saying, even if it's similar, at least it's unique in the sense that it's their lore. And it wasn't like with Guild Wars 2 where they just took everything from Guild Wars 1, kind of retconned it, and then used their previous lore. Or Final Fantasy, which obviously has lore spanning, you know, dozens of years now. Um, <laughs> Warcraft stole from Warhammer. Yeah, basically, that's that's what I was expecting to get. So, I didn't have a whole lot of questions. We've kind of all been just talking with each other here. I don't know if anyone asked me any particular question. Did did uh, German 2 want to still ask his question card, or is he just hanging out with you? Um, but I had one last thing that I wanted to mention, which I know will get people kind of uh, laughing, because it's a good discussion point and one that we've kind of covered a bit. But these Star Wars fans, um, the Old Republic fan uh, in particular, one fan in particular, asked for a petition for more funding to give uh, SWOTOR more life, the game more life. Now, what crack, cracks me up about this is that in the same vein, I got a comment. Here, let me find the comment. Let me let me uh, find this particular comment so I don't misquote this guy. It's a... Uh, Um says um Sorry, I'm trying to look for this. Where where, where the hell is this? I saw a pretty good one that I wanted to use. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay, the guy says, "Nerd Slayer, you should do a follow-up. Seems the game's starting to make a good comeback of uh Star Wars: The Old Republic," he says. But then at the same time, like you see threads like this get created where a fan is asking them to revive the game, add more content. Like essentially he's asking for more involvement because as anybody with a brain now knows, uh, SWOTOR has been in maintenance mode for some time now. I think they recently um, released a content patch or are about to release a content patch as well as um, a, 
expansion that hasn't had all the details necessarily mentioned yet. So this is essentially for most people why it's not dying. Like that's like the reasoning they make when they're still not understanding that the crux of it is actually that it's not that the game is dying. It's that they are having to increasingly lower the amount of involvement, both monetary and workforce wise, which has been proven by the way that they had to put their team on Anthem uh, Bioware in this case had to put their primary team on Anthem. Um, and, isn't the one that's working on SWOTOR primarily. Not, I mean, basically none of the original key devs that worked on the game work there anymore. And it's just weird that, and still people say like everything's just according to, to usual. Everything's according to plan. But then in the same vein, you can see the actual more honest uh, fans trying to ask for just a petition to, to ask for more funding for the game to give it a new life. I feel like, uh, am I going to be the bearer of, of bad news here? It's not going to get a new life. It's not going to, unless they remake the game. Hero Engine, and I will stake my career on it. Hero Engine's just not a good platform for uh, SWOTOR and, and what Star Wars and Star Wars MMOs are trying to accomplish. It's just, um, it's not good enough. I also just realized, guys, we didn't even talk about Anthem at all today. And that I wanted to talk about Anthem, totally forgot about it. So sorry about that. That wasn't on purpose. Um, we can talk about Anthem next week. So someone can remind me of that. Um, okay, so we've got a couple uh, questions right now. Uh, Limpos wants to ask a question about uh, Siege. Hey, what's up, Limpos? Oh, hello. Uh, I wanted to ask a little bit about um, what was it? Uh, siege battles in MMOs. Because I played uh, Guild Wars 2 recently and did do some World vs. World. I think there is a generally a problem with that system because it's it relies very much on that blob. Like you're all massed around in the same place and if you fall just a couple of meters away from that, you're dead. Just in a second. It's there is some skill to it, sort of mass skill, but I think generally it could probably be somewhat improved upon. I wanted to sort of ask if you had any ideas as to how as how to do that. I um, of course it's probably something I've like spent way too much time thinking about. Um, in the case of Guild Wars Two, it was one that I followed basically since its inception as an idea, um, as far back as I can remember. Meaning like you know when it was publicly uh, teased. And so I'd followed the game for a long time. And a big thing that used to hear like uh, Jonathan Sharp and like key old school uh, developers would focus on is that, hey, we loved Dark Age of Camelot. We want to get something kind of more large scale, which Guild Wars 1 was lacking. And so we're trying to create this kind of like persistent map, this like eternal battleground. So like when that was kind of mentioned to us, it was like, that sounds that sounds appealing because we just thought this was going to be a big play uh, pin, a big sandbox zone where we can kind of just you know, have the experiences like we have. I mean, even if you just look at like old Guild Wars 1, which you're, you're familiar with and a couple other people are familiar with. Remember like Jade Corey and like um, the uh, faction events? Like there was a good amount of players in those events, but they weren't just like endlessly fighting. Like you had objectives that you were supposed to do. Basically in every Guild Wars 1 PvP map or PvE scenario that I can think of, there always is like a very clear thing that you're supposed to be doing and that you're supposed to address. 
where I feel like the problem, as you kind of outlined in some of these other games that uh, adapt these uh, fa- three faction systems from Dark Age of Camelot, essentially, that's where they get it from. The problem with those systems is, as you said, they are almost completely reliant on large groups of players. And so whenever large groups of players have no incentive to want to group together, um, they don't PvP. And so if people ever wonder why in some games they give away tokens, even in uh, Zerg games, for being killed, it's because like they got to give you some incentive to want to go around and, and take things other than just bragging rights. Because in, in most of these games, the bragging rights don't really matter because they don't allow it to matter. And what I mean by that is like... Um, if the Kurzik and the uh, what was it? It was Kurzik and um, what was the name of the other faction? Um, damn it, I can't remember the Guild Wars One faction. It was Kurzik and um, Luxons. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah. someone in chat said Luxons. That's right. I should know. I w- I was a Luxon at one point. But yeah. um, let's say like we want to create a conflict between these two groups of uh, people, if you will. You create this, like, let's say you take the Guild Wars 2 system exactly as it stands right now, their uh, world versus world system. The way to increase, uh, I guess, how, like, the immersion of that would work, but also just, like, the um, increase, like, fun aspects of it, you'd have to increase the stakes. Like, that's, that's just first and foremost. You have to increase the stakes. And then you also have to add more things for people to impact the game in. For, for example, um, I don't think... Keeps should be non or non destructible. I think you should be able to destroy keeps. I think like completely, completely yes. You should be able okay. to rebuild them as well. I think that leaving it as just like a keep that you trade, which is basically what Warhammer did, by the way, uh, what Dark Age of Camelot yeah. did, and what everybody else does who copies the system. Um, there's essentially like no real reason to kind of one faction wins. Big big deal, big whoop. There's not a whole lot of reason for that. But if you look at um, why it worked in Dark Age of Camelot, it's because the, the highest in-game dungeon in the game, uh, Darkness Falls, was a, was a PvPvE dungeon that other factions had access to. However, the winning faction, as you could imagine, could lock down access to this uh, dungeon, which means that they had an exclusive in-game raid dungeon only available for their faction. So that was one way that they tried to combine PvE players to also give a shit about PvP players, which was a brilliant idea. Um, the other thing that they did is, of course, um, give you a, a realm rank, which Guild Wars kind of does that. It tells you your participation, right? But it doesn't yeah. give you more ways to increase your participation, as I'm sure you know. Like There should be more ways to maybe, for example, if I can cr- uh, construct a small camp, maybe it allows my teammates to spawn from it. Like things like that. These are very simple things that exist in other games, like Mountain Blade. <laughs> like they these exist in other games, and I'm just basically taking their system. Also, the real world, right? <laughs> How does a uh, real conflict in battle works uh, work in order to get people incentivized to want to fight against other people? There has to be something on the line. They have to be fighting for territory. They have to be fighting for for a resource, a finite resource, not just a resource, but a finite resource. I, th- I certainly think the finite resource is a good idea to have control over the area. <clears throat> right. Well, that is artifacts is how they did that in Camelot. They they had artifacts where if one faction captured an artifact, they got the power of that artifact uh, ah. realm wide. So essentially, the idea was that one faction would try and capture all kingdoms and try and capture all artifacts. That way, they'd have as much power and as much control as possible. Of course. But realistically, it's nearly never going to happen because everybody has an incentive to attack you. 
for this buff. So those are some things that I wish Guild Wars 2 could add, and I know they can add. They just, as I've been told personally, and I won't, you know, I won't tell you guys from who, but it's just not a focus, right? It's not a focus for them. Well, it hasn't changed a lot since release. Like they've remade, they've remade some maps. They actually made an entirely new map, which is a desert one instead. Yeah, but I, I I've seen that. Not not much else has really changed in all that time. I think it's um Guild Wars two kind of realized that although they of course definitely broke their normal, I guess not not rule but their normal way of approaching things, and offering a lot of um variety. They offered a lot of variety, and that's kind of what's weird to me about Guild Wars two. You'd think they'd want more variety to entice people to want to play, but instead of variety. It seems like they went more for like um generally receivable, meaning like it's more it's it's like more applicable to a broader audience instead of like adding more specialization um uh groups or or yeah. you know what I'm saying like um I know yeah I get it I get it yeah there's there's in, in Guild Wars one they have all of those like uh, special event uh competitions where you do and you get like the tokens and you can like turn them in like obviously that's a big part about MMOs that people like. I just think that it's it's sad that you you start to lose a lot of that um in, in Guild Wars 2 because they just try and appeal to so many people. So like what I say is is really like what's the true answer why they couldn't implement Guild versus Guild again? Like I really I just I want to know. I want to know. I don't I don't know either. <laughs> like I mean the name itself has Guild Wars in it and and like they didn't put Guild Wars in it. That's still one thing that's just uh I don't know. Maybe someday I can sit down with you know the owners of Arena Net when they're not being held over the the Garrett by a uh, neck by uh, NC Soft and have the conversation with them. Maybe. By the way, before you leave, I had something funny to add. One time, somebody told me, "Hey, you can't blame NC Soft for for whatever Guild Wars Two does, or or can't also give them the success that Guild Wars Two has because it was Arena Net." And and then I had to tell that person, unfortunately, that they're a subsidiary. <laughs> yeah, i was just about to say they're sort of uh, intertwined with each other <laughs> but it, it is kind of funny when people are like hey it's not the same company it's like well i mean technically arena net's the one handling it but arena net yeah. is owned by the company <laughs> so regardless yeah, nc soft certainly does have a say in what arena net does right and i think um they're doing obviously good uh, guild wars 2 has done pretty damn well the past couple of years and I think they're good at doing what they do now. So maybe they don't really see a whole lot of reason to do anything else, uh, such as the things that you asked or the things that I mentioned. But I think that that's a mistake because there obviously is an audience for that. There's certainly potential for it. Right. I mean, how much? Upon, I guess we'll find out. But don't know. Yeah. That's, that's a good question, though. Because um, Guild Wars 2, funny enough, and uh, ESO as well, because obviously very similar systems. Just a couple things they can add that can greatly increase the enjoyability of of those systems. But the fact that they don't add them to me means either they don't know or they just don't care. Maybe they don't have the resources. Well, that too. Sorry sorry for my PvP leads out there because I know a PvP lead in a game like Guild Wars 2 probably means you got like a a cubicle and, you know, maybe an ice cream sundae every now and then. They don't probably give you a whole lot of support. Probably. (laughs) I mean, they fired many of the PvP department that used to work there, so I'm going oh, to assume. I didn't actually know that. <laughs> uh, the, some of the main developers, like uh, John Peters, if I remember correctly, he doesn't work there anymore. 
even though he was the guy first uh, that was in, involved in it. So is um, what's that other guy? Colin something. He's one of the owners of the company. He, he's not even involved in development, uh, like wow. intrinsically anymore either. There's a list I I went through. Uh, Guild Wars Two. It's like Guild Wars Two employees. I found some list where, if you if you go to this list, and you run down, I'll put it in uh, Discord. What's up, uh, Akahara? Uh, I put it in Discord. But basically, this is a list, and the red names, of course, are people who don't have pages. But you can click on a couple of these people, and you can see that they don't work there anymore. And so specifically, if you scroll down to, um, uh, just type in. Control F, PvP. There's a couple people that come up. I'll uh, open them all up here. Oh, wow. That's not a whole lot of people. There's four people currently. And wow. this guy said... Okay, so he started working in 2015. Gotcha. This guy didn't even have a page. This guy is a QA tester, which probably means he's not really going to change anything. And then this guy's a PvP community coordinator but no longer as a community coordinator. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, where did all the PvP team go? Like, no wonder why they can't make any of these changes. They just kind of, like, gutted their like team. It. I guess there's some uh, crossover with right. animations and st structures, textures, etc. But just in general, that if you only have four people so who sort of have oversight over PvP, that's not a lot. Yeah, uh, Wildstar had a similar size as well, and obviously similar problems. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was actually a really good game to uh, PvP in as a healer. I would say because uh, all your heals were um, well, basically based around you, or mostly in front of yourself. That was actually an interesting aspect to PvP that you constantly had to be situated in the proper. Uh, way for your team yeah I um that's actually what I like the most about global agenda was uh global agenda plays a lot like planetside except it's it was an MMO so it had like um actually you know what it's just like planetside in in, in, in the in the problematic ways and in the good ways it has <laughs> as cool fun combat um with like a more of like a MMO feel because you can heal each other but you have to target your heals. So that was like the cool aspect about it is that you had to actually target your heal. Yeah. Which I it's like it's funny to say that because that game came out or came out years ago and and in 2019 I'm like, "Man, this game you could actually target your own heals." Like it like it sounds like it's like wow, and, crazy. <laughs> in 10 years people are going to be like, "Damn, dude, you said that shit in 2019?" <laughs> actually not that many shooters that you can heal in not that's what i'm saying it's still like weird but it's not really common and especially in mmos like you don't typically have to aim as a healer ever no almost never actually uh killing floor is actually one of the few games that you can heal from a distance you can shoot uh, uh i think it's needles or something with the middle mouse button that heals then you have healing grenades Right, yeah, healing grenades is what uh, Global Agenda did as well. A healing ray, and then it had healing grenades, as well as poison grenades. It was cool. I liked it, and my one of my good friends, MMO friends, who's like a you know a healer for life kind of personality, he loved the game. So he he likes games that he can aim as a healer. Well, he puts a put some skill into it. What I I would say 
instead of just looking to the uh, like left corner of the screen and it's like okay which bars are dropping down okay click on that click healing ability done yeah that was kind of one of the weird things for me is like i i grew up playing a dps uh tank kind of play style and i remember one of my friends was like man healing he was like talking about healing and i was like dang healing does kind of seem kind of difficult like it's because I didn't like to do it. It wasn't really my thing, and I was like, I don't know. Like so, I, so he's like, all right, here's a paladin, and wow, he's max level. This was during a, a wrath or a cataclysm. I can't remember. He's like, here's a here's a pally. Just play some arena with me, and um, and we'll we'll try and get you know to two thousand rating, uh, playing you know pally. I think it was pally warrior, pally arms warrior, or something like that. Sounds about right. That's a combination. Right, and um. Obviously, I had I. Did, I mean, after a while, I managed to get to Gladiator playing uh, Paladin, even though I never played WoW PvP at max level before, and I had never really played the healer. But it's not because I'm good; it's because in that game, it's all about timing. That's all it is. That's all healing is. It's just timing. It ha- it doesn't really have anything to do with healing. Uh, sorry, aiming. Yes, I know you can LOS people on pillars and stuff sometimes, but how often can you actually LOS someone? Half the time you LOS someone, they cast it before you LOS them, so it still hits yeah. you anyway. <laughs> so I think healing could get a whole nother level of skill if they could add, obviously, more ways for healers to, to demonstrate that skill, whether through movement or aim or, or other things. I mean, obviously, Overwatch does that with... um a couple of its supports that take a little bit more skill, like Anna and stuff. Trying to think, because Rifted had a few instances, or a few dungeons and a few raids that had some level of like hard kind of healing. But that was mostly because it was AoE healing. And AoE healing was quite difficult in that game because again that was centered around yourself so you constantly had to move right. i specifically remember one boss in um, storm legion in the tier one raids it was the second last boss i think yeah and what he would do was like you of course had to heal the tank because he was tanking the boss but then he also threw out the uh, periodic uh, or not periodic but sort of just random spikes of damage on people that also had to and um worst part about it was that there was a third mechanic also involved was where this wall of lightning would be coming in that had x amount of points on it and you had to kill one of the points so it dropped so you could run through there but as a healer you sort of uh, depending on where they came from uh, actually it wasn't just one wall it would go up to two walls and three walls if you were bad and uh it was sort of crossing. You had to make sure that they fell down at the right place so you could sort of go through them both. As a healer, you sort of had to um, st- stand correctly because uh, the AOE heal- uh, some of the AOE healing skills only aimed forward. Right. That was they were like a cone. A ba- yeah, they were a cone. It was actually a very interesting fight. It's so, um, healer. The same thing applies to tanking, too, when you think about it. Like tanking over yeah. the years, just like healing, unfortunately, just became like press taunt, and that was like how you tank basically. And so healing now, you know, progressed more towards just being like just heal, like just keep healing. Like there are some classes everyone would probably mention, like disc priest or or resto druid, where in WoW, for example, using it as another example, 
you could just heal the whole time and you could probably win a good amount of matches. Like if you just focus on like healing and keeping yourself alive, generally speaking in twos, it's a pretty good strategy. Like as the healer, it's a pretty good strategy. You just focus on healing yourself. And then of course, when they try and burst your uh, DPS, then you, you know, I don't know, bubble them or whatever you end up having as a, yeah. a possible tool. I could certainly see a system like that. If, uh, if the healing sort of exceeds the damage taken output, or, or well, that's that's the thing. It's like overhealing. That's something we could flirt with. Like overhealing could be the concept of like supercharging people, giving them a shield. That could be a concept MMOs could explain or or go into. Other games have overshield mechanics, like Halo, obviously. Um. Yeah. I was also. I think. Um, oh, what was it? I know that there exists an MMO where actually, um, where healing sort of had the um, what's it called uh, negative feedback. Oh, not negative feedback. What is it? Like, the more you heal the person, the, the worse it got. Like, so you oh. heal less and less and less if you just continue to heal the same person. Warhammer has a lot of things like that in it. Warhammer Online does. Um, unfortunately, never got to experience it. Actually, Warhammer is a good example. They had the um, Warrior Priest, which is also a melee character. That's what I'm saying. Like, Warhammer, funny that's enough, that's had interesting. some interesting, like, uh, additions to, like, the healer archetype. Because it, although it was a holy trinity of a game, like you said, the the Disciple of Cain or the Warrior Priest could be played in a couple of different ways. You could play them as DPS, you could play them as pure healers, or you could play them as melee healers, um, which yeah. is kind of like a hybrid playstyle, which I would probably say majority of people play that style than like the just healer or the just DPS style, though those were also viable. Well, I do remember we went up against some in a uh, one of the battlegrounds we did. That's right. When we did play the um, what was it, Turn of Reckoning? Yeah, yeah. And that guy just not only did he do quite a lot of damage, he healed way more than the rest of us did. Yeah, and and that's like Which I, I've always liked those by. kinds of mechanics, especially like with the warrior priest. And the um, Disciple of Cain, theirs is based around a, cla a class mechanic, uh, a threat generator kind of thing, where it's like the opposite of like getting threat for possibly doing more damage. It's like you you lose effectiveness as you heal more and more, so you have to gain more effectiveness by attacking. In the case of the Warrior Priest, that's like ah. the simple idea is that if I attack with my ability, I get focus, and I can use my focus to then heal people. So that's how those, that game works early on. But then later, uh, the Warrior Priest and the Disciple of Cain have more ranged abilities that they can also get focus from, or whatever they call it, you know, whatever their point system is, and then use that to heal people. So that's kind of how they did it. You had to do damage to heal at the same time. And the Shaman plays the same way. They have the whole Gork Mark thing, where you got to, like, do more damage to also get more heal back out, or heal more to do more damage. These are such simple things that I don't see used in other MMOs. It's crazy. And it's like, these are, like... That MMO came out like how many years ago now? Like in years? Like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yep. And that is ten years. And I'm not saying shit that's e e even that necessarily complicated either. Just a simple mechanic of like, if I attack more, I can heal more, or if I heal more, I heal less. Therefore, I have to like change my attack so I can't just heal. Yeah. Yeah, I actually remember that from Shaman now. That trying to heal the same person over and over again got really bad. <laughs> you had to throw in some DPS once in a while, or at least switch to another target. Uh, to ESO apparently you get mana when you auto attack. So. Oh yeah, so auto attack, <laughs> yay! 
<laughs> I, I was gonna say, unfortunately, that's the part that most people hate about the game. <laughs> it's the auto attacking part. Also, from what I've, at least from what I've seen from ESO, I don't know if it's true anymore, but that that healing just looked crazy. Like you just constantly threw out these massive AOE heals around you. But I think that was in the realm versus realm. Probably, because that's that's how a disciple of Cain would play in like a big ass group too. You just run around and AOE heal everybody. Basically, is how like they were primarily p played. Same with warrior priests. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that explains why they could heal so much. Right. Because they're they're I AOE healers. <laughs> it makes more sense for the guy that's on the battlefield to be the AOE healer than the guy that's in the back of the battlefield. Because the guy in the back True. of the battlefield, unless he has like targetable AOEs. Obviously, he's not going to be able to heal anybody. <laughs> he's going to be out of range. So I, I think it's it's a good idea to do a melee healer as the one that gets like the AOE heals. Yeah. But um, that that was a good question, and honestly, I I, I think, think we, I think we weird a little bit from the original question. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. But I, it also be, it was because, of course, I was thinking um out loud about how. It is kind of funny to think about that. Just a couple of little changes here and there over time. I mean, it's just the fact that there isn't change, period, with like a system like Guild Wars 2s and, and ESOs even in some cases. Like these systems go largely untouched. That's kind of like the depressing part for me where it's just like, I mean, you and I spent how Guild much time? To some extent, it changed. Well, I don't know if it's changed. Well, structured PvP, they did make some changes. I, I mean, I'll give them credit for that. But, like, for their world PvP recently, the biggest thing they've changed is they've tried to make it more, like, guild-based, the world versus world. Um, but, obviously, it's not the same as guild versus guild because it's still under the same parameters of their previous, like, rank system thing or whatever, like the tally system that they, that they do. Also, don't play on a particular high level server in World West as well. So it's it's probably not the best example to sort of see um, structured gameplay. Yeah, but I mean, we, e even if I it mean, at this point there's no uh, there's like we'll maybe have one commander online for four maps. That's that's not great. Yeah, that isn't <laughs> especially when you're probably already getting like destroyed. Oh, absolutely. The game is brutal. Like I, I mean, it is one of those things. I never really played PvP. I, I, I think, I think in just PvP, I'm like level six or rank six. I'm still in Rapid League <laughs> and uh, World vs. World. I was like level thirty when I got into it. So whenever I come across somebody who's just played for what six years, the game has been out. It's like I just explode and they just run away. And I, was I like, couldn't oh, imagine I touch dude. him. <laughs> Like I couldn't imagine like death groups running around in world versus world who are pretty good at killing people on their own, but now you combine them all in a big ass group. I mean, that's kind of like my issue with the Zerg gameplay in general is that Zerg gameplay has to have counters, and 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 in the real world, there's very easy counters. Um, obviously, like it takes a lot long time to move a big force. It also takes a lot of money and and food. <laughs> there's like there's requirements and and other things you have to keep them from fighting each other. The soldiers want to fight each other sometimes. And, and so like, there's so much more that goes into it that we're, we're still trying to get that part into the game, like into video games, without making it not fun. Because we don't want to make it like annoying. I mean, RTSs are pretty much that. You build things, you pay things, you build more things, and you fight. But MMOs, obviously, um, 
don't necessarily work in that same exact way. I think there is, what's it called? Voxel something? Yeah, so you're talking about that uh, to, uh, isometric... Yeah, isometric shooter. Yeah. Something where there's actually logistics and a building, but as far as I know, it's not great. It's just early. Like, for, from what I looked at it in, oh, in research... Oh, access? Well, no, I'm saying, like, the concept is early. Like, they, oh, they the wanted concept. to create this, like, idea of, like, an MMO where, where you're basically incentivized to help each other and everyone feels like they're helping each other to defend whatever, you know, uh, I guess, like, um, places being assaulted or something. It, it, it looks Actually, like a cool, and it seems like a cool idea, but I guess I think it's really early on because what I hear from a lot of reviewers is that after you do that a couple of times, it's like, well, all right. Now what? The like, knee falls, falls off. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could do it again. But yeah. that's a lot to ask for somebody to do it again and again and again. It's not that fun that I want to keep doing it over and over again. Yeah. Actually, if it, actually, when it came to Zergs, Planetside 2, to some extent, actually could work. Uh, did work. Uh, you could work around that. Simply because they had to spawn from Sandra's to attack a base, almost. Most bases, at least. There was a few that didn't. Um, and if if you were smart enough, I mean, it doesn't take long with, say, two main battle tanks to destroy a sun. You can do that in 20 seconds. Less than that, actually. So if you were smart and did some good flanking, you could destroy all their sundras. <laughs> right. And if you had enough people, I mean, they would slowly degenerate their... Um, forces while you can just keep pumping in there was some sense to it but i know planetside one did it better to some not well not so much with Zergs. that was on that was bases that were way too easy to defend because planetside two has plenty of those simply impossible to crack but um they had a resource system so if you wanted to continue to spawn with good gear and special classes like the max well you you spent points those points had to come in and those points came in by driving a truck from, I think it was always Warpgate, not entirely sure. And you had to drive that all the way there. But that means if you want to take that base, well, you can put a ring around it and make sure they don't get points. And sooner or later, they're going to be down to shooting with gun, uh, with fire uh, sidearms while you've got massive machine guns. Yeah, exactly. Like The, the thing about Planetside is it's almost like it's like war without any of the tribalism necessarily, like in the same way. Like there is tribalism, don't get me wrong. Like I know somebody is going to yell at me because I play uh, Vanu or something. But like, uh, there, there, So there is like tribalism in that sense, but I mean more in terms of like how it actually impacts the game. There's not as many ways that it can impact the game. Planetside to me is almost just like if it's just the action part of a war. Um, where... Uh, I would yep. say it's all, it depends on how much you played it, because um, for those of us who played it a lot, I mean, you start to recognize the hot, uh, the good outfits, the outfits that are annoying, <laughs> and the outfits that cheese things, and you start yeah. to really hate them. Gotcha. I mean, trust me. I mean, what was it? Hydra. And that was before the, the Avenger movie. <laughs> um, I mean, it was an NC squad, and I mean, I think I think in retrospect, I'm fairly sure most of them actually had uh, changed some I and I files to make uh, the hitboxes of heads way bigger than they originally were. But 
that's an outfit that was hated by everyone because they would just come in and they would absolutely destroy people. It was crazy how good those guys were in the game. And see, like that's that's called like succeeding in the face of it, like in the face of like um, maybe not necessarily having the the aspects that you would need to have that kind of experience. Meaning, like players filled that gap there. But my argument is that although you want players to fill that gap, majority of the time you don't want to rely on them to fill the gap because, as you know, sometimes when that, when you log into Planetside, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, it, you, there's things to do, but I mean, like, what do you want to do? Sometimes I, when I've logged on, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I guess just run around and kind of go with what if I'm not with a squad or something, or or I'm not part of some like organized group. I, I don't really feel like any tribalism to be like, yeah, like for the NC or for you know Vanu sovereignty. Like, I don't, I don't feel that. And I, I think those are the things that I think is missing in that game, and that's why it sucks to see this Planetside Arena shit. Because I'm just like, man, I thought maybe if they had one more chance, they could have gotten it right. Like we don't talk about Planetside <laughs> Arena, uh, but tribalism is helpful when you're a slow, solo player or a small group of players because you need another yes. group to join. You need you need to like feel like yeah, like you know I want to feel a part of something. I mean, it's kind of why well, sw- Swedish people are better than Danes. Am I right? That, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just, I want off this call right now. This is offensive. I'm triggered. No, but uh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, yeah. But it, I think for something like Planetside, that's really hard to do for a game like that. It, it's yeah. hard to do... To make, to make you hate the enemy. After the fact, I think. If you build okay. it that way before, I don't think it's as hard. And, and like, let me provide a good example. When you, when you think about like uh, how tribalism can add just next level to things, like I don't know. Like, uh, I think the best example I can think of is you look at when you played Dark Age of Camelot. Some people saw certain factions as being evil, even though they're not necessarily evil. People saw them that way, right? Because of like maybe they had like rougher looking classes, or they look scarier, or they had an ogre class, or something like that. Sort of like how in Warhammer, I mean, fuck, Warhammer Online shouldn't have had two factions. That's silly. But beside that, let's. What better example to bring up than Warhammer, honestly, in terms of tribalism? Like that game, that that universe, sorry, nails it so well because there's so many books written about so many conflicts and there's so many reasons to not like each other. And what I think Warhammer Online unfortunately didn't really capitalize on was that. It was, was, was really like what you can get away with in Warhammer, which is like constant war all the time. Like it's totally supported it's totally part of the tribe, the culture. It's just a shame I don't think we're going to see an MMO in Warhammer again. Um, that's, like, good. But I think Warhammer is really a good example of, like, you want to make tribalism. Do what they're doing. Like, do what, what Games Workshop has done with that franchise. Like, I know they're kind of now bidding it off to the highest bidder, but um, or selling it off to the highest bidder, but uh, still. I mean, who knows? I mean, that might actually make it so we get a good MMO. <laughs> Maybe. It's at least better than being in EA's hands. It's Don't true. Much them doing it. Or just not making any games, period. Well, that, that's also a possibility. So, I mean, at, at least we're not, like, at least Warhammer right now as a franchise isn't as bad as Star Wars is. Which is weird to say. Like, 
it depends I, on who you ask. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about movies or, or books or anything else of that, because that's just completely opinion. I'm, I'm talking about games. If you look at the games that oh, are coming games. out. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Warhammer is it's good right now. It's real good to be a Warhammer uh, fan and getting uh, video games. <laughs> I right. mean, it's almost everything. I mean, all we really need is a Space Marine game. Or some kind of shooter in the 40k universe. Wait, why don't they? Why don't they do one? Or wait, they tried. I think. Why don't they do one like that? That's like uh, Alien um, Isolation. Oh, uh, yeah, that's uh, Space Hulk. Okay. They did try that. Uh, it's the same people that made uh, I Divine, uh, I Divine Destiny or something. <laughs> it's a very obscure but very interesting game. Didn't run well. Space Hulk, like really poorly. Yeah, some uh, lions said have Space Marine. <laughs> yeah, we do have a third-person shooter, Space Marine, which came out in, I think, 2011 or something. It's been a bit since we had a shooter in that genre. Gotcha. Well, that and Eternal Crusade. I honestly, I think that's the that's best way to... Good. <laughs> well, I, I mean, Morto also was mentioning do what they did, kill the IP. So I know not everyone's necessarily happy with whoever's handling the IP. I, I just bring it up as an example to show that like, if I could leave today and we could all walk away thinking one thing, it's that why can't we have MMOs that have worlds like Warhammer where it's just like, I know exactly why I don't like you. Like, like you know, tri- tribalistically speaking here, like when I'm playing, you know, I don't know, chaos or like if, I, if I'm part of like, if I'm even a green skin, Although I help and work with goblins, it doesn't necessarily mean like gobos are like my best pal, as everybody knows, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, they're honestly goblins and, and orcs have worked together in many different, um, I guess, uh, lores, but they end up kind of hating each other because they're like, we ha- we work with each other, but we don't really like each other because they're different. Like, I mean, yeah, especially in uh, the Warhammer uh, universe, obviously the gobos are typically seen as like the, the kind of like, um, the sinister, you know, I'm going to come up with some plan kind of guy, whereas the orcs get classified, unfortunately, as the, um, the just bloodthirsty. Uh, I mean, they have, they've have they got some marines, right? They've got some space orcs and shit. Like, i got to give them some credit. <laughs> Where's a picture of a space orc? I need to look at that. Someone, someone sent me one of those before. I mean, 40k is more diverse with their orcs. I know. I shall say. <laughs> Yeah, they are. I'm getting a lot they of have, uh, 40k. They have uh, private, uh, not privates. Um, what's it called? Pirates. <laughs> I mean, pirates. They have. They actually have traitors, if I remember correctly, which is very, very odd notion. Um, and then they just have all these different. Uh, I mean, they have. They have ones that drive vehicles. They have flyers. They have. Weird boys, odd boys, inventors, all these kind of things. Warhammer Fantasy is not particularly good at that. They're yeah. the just warriors. Uh, random question, but how much does the 40k audience hate the fantasy? It's like, do they hate each other? Or do they coexist? I don't think they speak too much, too much with each other. <laughs> There's not a lot of crossover. I mean, that's actually somewhat of a beautiful thing. Uh, there never has been any crossover. Not directly. 
I, I learned that the hard way because whenever I was doing my uh, Warhammer video, I literally searched Warhammer and picked the first image that came up. And oh, it, no. it happened to be an Age of Sigmar uh, oh, image. No. <laughs> that's, that's a big reason why I have to redo my Warhammer video. Because, dude, no, no one ever let me live that down. And I'm like, dude, I know it's not 40K. 40K and, and, and fantasy, I know they're not the same. I know Sigmar, like retconned everything like i know that now but i wasn't really sensitive to that then because i didn't know there was like sometimes even though i'm a nerd i forget about nerd culture which is like you got to tread softly or lightly and in in this case yeah all the warhammer fans let me know that gears of war didn't invent the chainsaw and uh 40k uh or age of sigmar uh sucks is or sorry age of sigmar sucks not 40k but age of sigmar sucks <laughs> Nobody Certainly likes Age of Sigmar. Right. No, not really. Yeah, so, but I'll fix that in a in a Redux video at some point because um, I know they're not the same. It's like the yeah, same right. as saying like Star Wars: The Old Republic is the same as like the prequel movies or like the the original. the The Old Republic is like it's so different. There's so much more like um, nuance to it compared to like the the Trilogies. original trilogy is so. It's so bland, man. It's so like it's great when you watch a movie, but it's not great when you're trying to invent stories. Not for me. Probably not. <laughs> I wonder if they will ever do it. <clears throat> any movies from the uh, old republic. I don't know. I've heard rumors from Jason Schreier, our boy, that uh Bioware has tried to do Kotor 3 before. Oh yeah, that's true. We did see that. And I know that they they did start working on it at one point, just like a prototype, just to like mess around with it. Showcase. Yeah, so I don't really know if like that is all stops ahead or, or anything like that, but probably if there isn't a game, there probably isn't going to be a movie. <laughs> probably not. That's probably true. Uh, the Old Republic beats anything from the movie era. Yeah, I, I agree. But anyway... I've gone on for too long, and I've also spoke with you um, for a while. Um, it was nice uh, to have you on the show. First off, everyone, thank Limpos for stopping by, asking a question. Um, also, um, thank you to everyone who stopped by to watch me today. I appreciate that. As always, this is nearing the end of the podcast. Is the end, in fact. I want to say uh, thank you, of course, to everyone who stopped by today. Card, Limpos, uh, the usual suspects in chat. Thank you to each and every one of you. I hope you have a good rest of your week or day. Uh, that Marvel video should be out today. If not, tomorrow, please don't kill me. And, um, yeah, that's all I have. I'll um, update you guys as soon as I can. And I think uh, we covered a lot today. We did some fun MMO Frankenstein uh, exercise, which is always fun to do. But, yeah, it's about, it's about uh, time to end the podcast for me. I had a long day yesterday. Um, though I look good today, you know, to fluff myself up, it must be the lighting, but I look, I actually don't look like exhausted today compared to how I looked, um, my last two podcasts, people were like, you're right, dude. They they thought I was going to die or something. A couple of people were worried about me, but, uh, I'm all good. Um, anyway, I, I talk too much whenever I say goodbye to you guys. (laughs) That you do. (laughs) So I was just saying goodbye to you guys. Just at that. Uh, Question everything.